This video is sponsored by Last Epoch. Uncover the past and reforge the future in this upcoming time-traveling action RPG from 11th Hour Games. Built for genre veterans and newcomers alike, Last Epoch will have you mastering over a dozen unique and frankly rad-sounding classes like Void Knight, Beastmaster, and Blade Dancer. Branch out across tons of skill trees, dive into the community-revered crafting system, and hunt for rare and powerful loot by yourself or alongside your closest ARPG pals. Last Epoch is easy to learn and hard to master, just like playing the saxophone. And Last Epoch's deep and continually evolving endgame means that there's no curfew on this dungeon crawl, unlike my saxophone playing. I have to stop by 7. Pre-order standard, deluxe, or ultimate editions today to make sure you have access to tons of goodies like the Temporal Guardian Armor Set, pet cosmetics to spruce up your favorite companions, and of course a copy of the game itself. That's important. Start working out those index fingers because Last Epoch comes out of early access on February 21st, 2024. That's this year! Head on over to Last Epoch's Steam page to pre-order your version of the game today and prepare for your next great ARPG adventure. everyone and welcome to second winds fire lake podcast episode number nine for wednesday february 7th 2024 my name is marty sliva and as always joined by my co-host casey wosu nick calandra and producer eric behind the scenes uh thank you all so much for being here on this wednesday evening we have a wonderful show to you for you tonight uh we're gonna chat about some breaking news that just happened the past hour or two of uh disney uh investing uh, pretty much gaining ownership of 10 percent of epic games and their big plans for a thing that rhymes with Schmetaverse. <laughs> I don't think that's how rhymes work, but it rhymes with Schmetaverse. In <laughs> uh, other strange news, uh, we're getting a new Elden Ring game, guys. It is not the Elden Ring game any of us want, because Tencent <laughs> might be making an Elden Ring mobile game, speaking of people who own shares in Epic. Uh, and then we'll also be gabbing about yesterday's uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth State of Play. And by we, I mean, I'm probably going to be gabbing. You guys are welcome to gab. I don't know how much Gavin you guys want to do about that. Let me tell you. Not much. There's so many, there's so, <laughs> there's so many things to gab about. And of course, our main topic of uh, the column before the Xbox Storm. If you've been following this uh, sort of ongoing story for, for the last few weeks, uh, kind of uh, uh, boiled to a head this week with news of, of seemingly Xbox with a lot of their games becoming kind of third party and and putting their games on PlayStation and other platforms, including possibly Halo and Gears and Starfield and Indiana Jones. Uh, and uh, ahead of a full announcement by uh, Xbox executives next week, uh, we're going to kind of speculate what that might mean, uh, try to read those tea leaves and do some reckless speculation. I'm a big fan of reckless speculation. <laughs> because you know what? If we get it wrong, no one's going to care. <clears throat> that's what makes it reckless. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Exactly. We, didn't, we didn't put the pen to paper, so as long as we didn't do that, we're good. No pen to paper. No paper <laughs> here. Uh, and then right off the bat, uh, Cross Circle Squared. Thank you so much for joining the Green Gang. Uh, and thank you to everyone. It's so great to see so many members of the Green Gang here. Remember, uh, your super chats, your donations uh, go towards incredible goals like our current goal of getting the crew to GDC 2024. If you want to see Yahtzee, Nick, Jamate, and company uh, wander the streets of San Francisco in search of little hidden treasures, <laughs> that's what they're going to be doing in like a month and a half. Uh, so thank you guys so much. Uh, fellas, how are, how are we doing on this Wednesday evening? Status check. How's everyone doing? Casey, how are you doing? Um, not bad, actually. Uh, it, this this really feels like a long week. Like we're, It's only Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was weirdly. Uh, but uh, 
you know, uh, there's lots of games out in the ether. Um, aside from like people kind of losing their collective minds about the Xbox thing, it's been kind of like calm in like the internet sphere. In all honesty, like in terms of politics, like some a little bit of just I won't get specific, but a little bit of justice apparently it seems like is on the way to being served. So you know, well, that's, yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> You're talking about Virginia Carano coming back to the Mandalorian. <laughs> no, that is not what I was talking about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm feeling feeling good. Yeah, Nick, it is one week away from Valentine's Day. Are you excited for V Day? Wait, are we no. doing a show on Valentine's Day? Are we? I mean, is uh, that on a KC is the only one, only one with a significant other here. <laughs> but is, if that's on a Wednesday, that's like the middle of a work week, and like, <laughs> I feel like there's nothing you can do. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't, the second the second win community needed some loving. <laughs> that's a donation goal. I don't know if we're ever gonna hit. <laughs> I don't know if we're ever gonna hit that. Um, but yeah, yes, I am. I am doing fine. I have a paycheck again, and uh, I have to uh, Thank Jesus. immediately turn around and use it to fix things in my house. So. <laughs> and for your hot Valentine's Day dates. Cheesecake Factory is not going to pay itself. Yeah, I mean, you know, good. Uh, let's just, I'll just go do a bar crawl <laughs> Valentine's Day. Yeah, you that? probably won't be the only one. So, yeah, probably not. That's, that's probably a good <laughs> idea, actually. Yeah, let, me, let me tell you bars of Valentine's Day. It's <laughs> perfect. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Uh, we have a lot of we have a lot of good stories. So there's no there's no time for chitter chat. The chitter chat was nice, but we could only have a few minutes of chitter chat because we got big news. <laughs> we would have been able to have chitter chat were it not for Disney, uh, because just an hour or two ago, uh, Disney dropped a major bombshell that they are investing 1.5 billion dollars uh, into Epic Games, which equates to about 10 percent. Uh, equity share in uh, Epic, which uh, puts them in line with. So Tim Sweeney owns uh, half of Epic, and then Tencent owns like forty percent of Epic, and Disney owns uh, kind of like a bulk of the yeah, rest. He's got of like that. a tiny, little, yeah. Sony has a little sliver. Just wedge There's themselves a, in there. Yeah, but uh, what this actually means is uh, so. According to the uh, press release, quote: In addition to being a world class game service and interp- uh, and interoperating with Fortnite, so a lot of a lot of Fortnite uh, collaborations. The new persistent universe will offer a multitude of opportunities for uh, customers to play, watch, shop, and engage. Rank those. What are your favorite things to do between playing, watching, shopping, and engaging? So I know my number one is engaging. Oh, I thought you were going to say shopping. (laughs) I do like like shopping. Marty's be shopping. Yeah, Um, uh, this is a, I don't know. I, this whole, at least they're not using the term metaverse, but that's it exactly what it is. Because they're afraid of it. Yeah. 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 Well, the thing Good is, call, though, it's like, honesty. you've already, yeah. you, you've already got Lego in there and like, it's its own game. You've got, it's whatever this racing game is. You got Guitar Hero. So Fortnite is its own platform now. But this isn't Fortnite. This is a thing. They said outside of Fortnite, this is a new persistent universe. Uh, You'll be able to play, watch, shop, and engage with content creators and stories from Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, Avatar, and more. I don't want to do any of this. Yeah, so like this it, be, it's going to yeah, be Disney, Disney Wonderland in a video game form. Right. It's like a digital <laughs> Disney world they're trying to build. But it's not Disney World. It's Disney the company brand world. Armand's already I, made a Kinect game. Remember that? There was like a Disney World <laughs> Kinect game. And it was yeah, bad. Probably, yeah, no one liked that. <laughs> it was I think, bad. 
I think you're right that this is like a, kind of a separate thing. Like they want it to be like their own version of Fortnite. And that's probably the wrong way to go about trying to get involved in this metaverse kind of thing, because as we keep kind of dancing around it, but Fortnite has been doing exactly that. And everyone's just copying. Just throw all your stuff into what Fortnite already has. Like they're starting to, you know, do the little branching things off. And like those feel less like what Fortnite is, but they're still at least tangentially connected. Just yeah. do more little things like that. Like if it's going to be like a big separate thing that I don't know if that's going to work, but I don't know. It's Disney. People love those brands. Are you sure it's not included? Like Fortnite's literally in the trailer right here. Like Fortnite is a pillar of it. Okay. I do not think this is a part of the video game Fortnite. Like Fortnite is being like, it's like Fortnite and Marvel and Star Wars. Like these are all almost like parks inside of a larger park. I yeah. think I don't know because this yeah, is all seems businesses. Like, um, like Fortnite is gonna like you'll go launch Fortnite and then just like how they have like oh play the the rock band thing, play the uh, Lego oh, thing, so like play the Disney way. thing. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. Yeah, like you way. can access like four different games through Fortnite itself now, and Fortnite itself is just a platform. This is a weird question. Is Fortnite <laughs> still is Fortnite still obviously still popular? Is it still as popular? Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's one of those things where, like, mainstream, like, press, enthusiast press kind of is tired of talking about it because it's always just in the background. Yeah, I had my uh, I had my uh, nieces and nephews who are uh, from, like, 10 to, like, 16. And they were over for Christmas uh, and uh, they play games. And so I was I was asking them about stuff. I got I got them to try Suica. They loved it. And then they just started playing like knockoff versions on their phone. And I'm like, no, this, you should get the switch one. They're like, this one's fine. And I'm like, animals. <laughs> yeah. no, it's not. Uh, but I asked them, I was like, do you guys still play Fortnite? And almost every one of them was like, no. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. So that's why I thought like, I don't know. Okay. Like, hmm. I, don't, I don't like, does does maybe it's just one of those things, Casey, like you said, that like, it kind of just keeps working in the background and we don't even pay attention to it. Yeah, like my my son and his friends are big Fortnite fans. Like when my son okay. was visiting, he uh we he we took him and a and a school friend from this area out to like hang out and all they were talking about were like Fortnite stuff and they traded like their Fortnite IDs or whatever and like I don't think they've done it yet, but like they're supposed to be like having uh play dates in Fortnite. I guess that's um cool. so yeah, I mean it's fine. Like I, I don't hate what Fortnite is. I I personally don't find it that uh entertaining, but a lot of people do. I mean, and like Will does. Like Will's a big Fortnite guy, right? Yeah, so, yeah I mean, Will, Will, and Taste are uh... <laughs> <laughs> questionable. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't like. I would have been so much more down if they were like Disney's partnering with these studios to make games based on their properties. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know because I've liked a lot of the partnerships Disney has had recently. I think their Marvel partnerships have been pretty strong outside of Marvel's Avengers. Partnerships with Insomniac. I like the partnership with uh, uh, Idos and uh, was it Idos who did uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the the um, the Blade game going to Arcane is cool. Again, I think some of the people they're partnering with Star Wars is cool. I think I'm excited for the the Ubisoft Star Wars game coming out later this year. I thought the Jedi games were great. So like, I, uh, there's interesting things to do there, but just going like chips all in uh, with this Epic thing just does nothing for me. 
um, and just the idea of a metaverse, like maybe it's a it, like eventual, but it's like when I see the videos of that Apple headset going out now, and I'm like, this is so <laughs> fucking stupid. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's very dystopian looking. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Look how good the FaceTiming works." I'm like, "You look like ghosts." <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to speak with like sleep paralysis demons. Yeah, I'll never. <laughs> I, I can't imagine wearing a Vision Pro out and out in public. It's <laughs> just not looking like a goofball. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, you know, this is one of those things. Again, like I think this is just sort of in the background and make <laughs> make both companies a lot of money. Fortnite, yeah. you know, you've got you've got the kids attached to Fortnite, and the more things you bring into Fortnite, these brands that kids love, I mean, they're just going to keep asking their parents for their credit cards. <laughs> you know, more skins, yeah. more all this stuff. So I don't. It seems like an obvious partnership to have at this point, especially with all the collaborations they've already done in Fortnite and how popular those have been with people. It feels like this is a thing that has been in the works for several years. When uh, I go back to 2019, uh, kind of pre-pandemic, early 2020, when Disney was at the top of the mountain. Uh, Isaac Skywalker came out, made a lot of money. No one really liked it, whatever. Uh, the MCU was like the pinnacle of movies. Every movie was making a billion dollars. Endgame came out and was the biggest movie of all time. They were like, we're good. We're, this Disney Plus thing is coming out. People are going to see Baby Yoda and lose their goddamn minds. And in like the three or four years since then, like things weren't going well at Marvel. Things aren't going well at Star Wars. Things aren't going well at Pixar. Things aren't going all well with their original yeah. movies. Um, to me, to me, shows on is... Disney Plus and then taking them away. So this feels like a. It makes sense if you do it when you're like, we have conquered this. Now what is the next mountain for us to climb? Mm, but I'm like, yeah. you still haven't gotten back up to where you were four years ago. You're like, focus on that first. Yeah, epic. Epic to me feels like the Disney of the games industry at this point. <laughs> Coming from the my coming from Gears of War into what they do now, and it's all just brand stuff. And I, I yeah. miss when Epic actually made games. <laughs> I thought they don't make games yeah. now, but interesting they games, game. I guess. They, game. they make game, yeah, they do. They make game, and they love. But, making but what if that game is just all games? <laughs> like I think somebody must have said that in a boardroom, and like everyone's light, uh, eyes lit up. Because I mean, we don't know wanna... what this is. Like we don't know what this. No, yeah, collaboration we will actually. I turn still want to try. I still want to try like Lego Fortnite. It looked fun when you guys played it. Yeah, so. it was fun. I liked it. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, yeah, I play Fortnite every once in a while. So I just wish they would. They make so much money. Wish they'd branch out and do some other stuff <laughs> instead of yeah, closing the studios that, that they bought. Like funding smaller experiences. Although I guess who who does Epic own? Harmonix, Psyonix? Harmonix, Psyonix, yeah. Well, more Onyxes. They've pretty Onyx much just the brought point. them all into Fortnite now. Yeah, that is true. That literally, I mean, yeah. That Harmonix is making Rock Band in Fortnite. Psyonix is making that racing game in Fortnite. Yeah, like just, <laughs> like boy, they're like Call of Duty developers at this point. Yeah, Four teams. It's not, not but, far but they're off. probably getting paid for it. <laughs> probably getting paid very well. Yeah. Well, is it? Isn't it? <sighs> Like they literally somebody some one of those one of those controller makers literally just made a new guitar hero controller that you can use for the harmonics game in Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, because I heard that the original ones that you can only find for like ludicrous prices on eBay yeah, actually function. Yeah. Oh they do. They do. Yeah, okay. they they do work. Just rare. And like that's I'm gonna it's go hard find to get whoever them now. bought my rock band drum kit and steal it back. <laughs> that's not that's not legal. That's not street legal at all. Um 
yeah, I guess in tandem with this, our second story that kind of feels like it's of a part of this, uh, Tencent, who we previously mentioned, uh, is, a, is a stakeholder in uh, Epic. Uh, reports are coming out that they are making uh, – Tencent is also a stakeholder in From Software or Kodakawa Games, um, From Software's parent company. And uh, uh, sources told uh, Reuters that uh, Tencent is working on uh, an Elden Ring mobile game. With microtransactions, Which, of course, with microtransactions. Micro uh, they were very excited about that. It sounded like from the press release. Yeah, it says Tencent intends to make Elden Ring a quote free to play game with in app purchases in the style of Miho Yiho's Genshin Impact. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why? But, I mean, I understand why. But, but if, if but Tencent's why? giving, if Tencent's given from software a shit ton of money, whatever. At that point. From software and use that to make the next big next big game for themselves. <clears throat> yeah, I guess I like people getting paid, but <laughs> well, I mean, they wouldn't be working on this, I'd assume, right? Like, no, Vincent would get no, like, one no. of their yeah. uh, George R. R. Martin would homegrown. Be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys, I gotta go make this Tencent game for a few years. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is, like this this is a hundred percent not gonna work, right? Like, <laughs> like why not? You can use your controllers on your phone now and everything. I mean, that's but the like, thing what, but what Asia, is like, what is Elden Ring as a mobile experience with in-app purchases? Like, what is that game? Deaths. <laughs> no, you get pay. every enemies drop in the soul. You don't spend the souls on leveling up. You spend them on gotcha, right? On armor, like gotcha, like oh, randomly God. generated armor. Oh, and weapons and abilities and everything and like oh i don't want to talk about this anymore you roll the purple tier patches he's coming for your radon <laughs> fight someone mentioned radon swimsuit version uh yeah they're, they're gonna horn up that that blind girl who wants you to set her on fire um was that oh, that one boy. i might have been combining several of those games it's fine <laughs> one of those games is a blind girl that wants to be set on fire yeah. um well, yeah, the, I don't. The, I mean, the Chinese mobile market will eat that up. I don't know. That's <laughs> the American the mobile market. Is, yeah, so maybe that's even like they're like, well, I don't give a shit if you Americans don't like it. Like, you're not gonna buy it. You're not gonna play it anyway. So, like, we <laughs> yeah. make this for you. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like, it's not for you. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's one of those like maybe if it's just out of sight, out of mind. I'm like, it's fine. Just make a bunch of money. Like, hope, just keep keep letting Miyazaki make his weird <laughs> shit and stay out of his way, and and I guess we'll be fine. Um. Vitus Avitus. Welcome to Green Gang. Welcome. <laughs> you guys thought I was going to say a thing about that, but I just got excited because <laughs> Vitus was here. Uh, thank you so much, Vitus. Um, yeah, there's not much, there's no other details on that other than um, that's a thing that's happening. It is funny that it, it feels like um, I'm surprised we don't see more of these, like every big IP getting. See, that's the thing. I, I was, I've been like dabbling around with mobile games lately just to, I haven't looked at that shit in years. Right. And so like I've, there's a game called like Beatmaster, which is like a uh, uh, a rhythm game that I've been playing a little bit. You know, it's kind of just fun to sit around. But when I was going through the store, I was kind of shocked at the amount of like big IPs that are in there. And you just we just it's completely yeah. out of our sight because we don't cover that, you know, the mobile industry. But yeah, I mean, that's actually like, a good point. Like the amount of indie games that are in the mobile market that are probably generating a shit ton of money for those developers. Wild. I, I like a bunch of games I did not expect to see in there. Can't name any right now because I looked at it like two weeks ago. But if you go look at the App Store and like look at the top 100 games, 
you're gonna be like, what this this indie game that's on Steam is on the mo- mobile store too? Like, oh, cool. Probably makes way more money on uh, mobile. Yeah, that's right, Eric. There's a Devil May mm. Cry mobile game that I keep getting ads for, and I'm like, I don't want to play this. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like a thing I want to play a mobile at all. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a strange space. Like, I, I am. It is funny because it feels like a pendulum is swinging back towards handheld gaming. Uh, I, like I could feel it in the air. Uh, the success of the Switch, the success of the Steam Deck, uh, the fucking Portal. I had I have props. It's a Portal. Oh. The PlayStation I thought, Portal. I thought you were going to say the, the, the Cranker, and I was like, nobody bought that thing. I don't know where my Cranker is. I found it <laughs> and I lost it again. Uh, <laughs> but then reports that Sony might be working on a dedicated handheld successor. Reports that Microsoft might be working on a dedicated handheld. Like, they saw the success of the Switch, and we're like, oh, fuck. Like, maybe that's something we should get up. It's just interesting that it felt like you know, we had a lot of handhelds and then we had no handhelds and now we might be going back to a lot of handhelds. Personally, uh, I like that. I think the handheld, I think the key to the handhelds was one, making it feel good in your hands and then two, being able to dock it and play it anywhere you want. Because that's what I love about my Steam Deck right now is like, I can yeah. just dock it in my living room. I can dock it in my bedroom. I can dock it on somebody else's TV that I'm not supposed to be playing on outside. There's somebody down the street has like a, a, a deck with an overhang and they got a nice TV out there. I'm like, what if I just walked over there one day and docked my game up there? Like, Hey, you want to sit down and play some smash? <laughs> Look, science, science demands that you try this. I got arrested. <laughs> I got arrested trying to get my dock on. Man, Nintendo was out of something. People like doing that. We saw that first thing. It was like, click. And I'm like, who the fuck wants to do this? Why is this businessman taking Zelda on the go? And now I'm like, I understand. I was wrong. <laughs> I apologize, Miyamoto. Um, yeah, that's just something interesting. I'm, I'm, I'd be curious to see if we get dedicated Microsoft and Sony handhelds within the next four or five years. Also, Are we still waiting on a dongle or whatever from Microsoft? Like forever ago, you're supposed to plug just a thing in your TV that had access to Game Pass or the cloud service. The dongle. That's what you're doing. Well, you don't even need it because you can just download the app through like Samsung TV and all that stuff. What if you don't have a Samsung TV? (laughs) LG TV, I think you can do it too. Any TV with like Android, you can download the the app for it. Oh, you know what? I'm going to. TV has Android and I hate it. I have a Google TV and I love it. So I'm going to look for it. The whole thing is recommending me like episodes of shows I already watched. I'm like, if you would recommend me, here's where you left off. It's like, I bet you want to watch the first episode of true detective again. I'm like, no, I'm on the fourth episode. I don't want to watch, but you episode. would watch the first episode of true detective again. Like your TV knows you. Yeah, but hey, your TV knows you just want to rewatch it. Well. You want to replay all spec ops line. Don't you <laughs> little dog? <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we uh, move on, just to, speaking of replays, uh, my Final Fantasy thoughts. Uh, Chris Gaines, 2000, with a 100 U.S. Ooh. American dollar donation. Chris Gaines, thank you so much. Work has kept me from seeing you lovely gents live. I sadly miss contributing to the Adventures Night goal, so here's a bunch of money to alleviate my guilt. Go to GDC, see the sites, press some <laughs> buttons, meet a new girlfriend, Nick, or buy some nice sandwiches. Hmm. Sandwiches. I'll give you some Sando recos. I just ate a sandwich, Chris Gaines. <laughs> it was. Sa- is, I think he means weed. No, wait. Sandwiches. What? He says, "Go buy some nice sandwiches." A, mm, yeah, sandwiches. It's a uh, how I met your mother reference. I do not. Chris Gaines. Were you talking yeah, about <laughs> actual actual Sandos? Are you talking about <laughs> Mary Jane? Yeah, I don't. I don't watch enough. Genius in San Francisco. That. So yeah. Could be either or. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> it could be. Yeah, one or the other. Uh, but our, our final topic before the main topic. Uh, yesterday, Final Fantasy VII had a uh, re- state of play. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth had a state of play. Eric, you're messaging me. Message one of them. I have to host. Message one of them and get them things. Uh, <laughs> so Final Fantasy, there was a 20-minute uh, state of play. We knew about this last week after the Sony one. Um, but this was sort of seems like the last big, uh, push towards, uh, before the release of Final Fantasy Rebirth at the end of the month. Uh, and this 20 minutes, a lot of stuff happened. They showed several trailers. They showed a gameplay breakdown and they announced that a demo was now available. Plus another demo would be coming later on in the month. Um, I will say the trailer just rife with spoilers. (laughs) Just, <laughs> yeah, just lousy. I, While I watching it, night. I was like, I wish I didn't watch this, even though it's fucking awesome. It is so good. Guys, this game, I'm, can we call it? If I, don't, if I don't know the story, does it still count as spoilers? No, it's not, because I know the story, and I was also like, this is spoilery, but I also don't understand it. I still don't understand anything that happens <laughs> in Final Fantasy. It's spoiler that they show you like the whole world of the game, which I don't want to see either. So I mean, if you played Final Fantasy, you know where you're going. You're going I to Junon, Cosa del Sol, Nibelheim, Gungaga. Oh my god, Cessny's in Gungaga. Nick, can you believe it? I know okay. Casey can't believe that Cessny's in Gungaga. Gungaga these nuts. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Cloud will never recover. Parents are still there, and Cessna is protecting them because that's what she about before he died. Um, You're honestly speaking another language right now. Cessna is a former Turk, no longer a Turk. Obviously, had a uh, sort of like a a will they won't they relationship with Zach Fair throughout Crisis Core. Zach was clearly in love with Aerith, though he hadn't seen her in several years. Cessna appreciated that, and as Zach went off to his suicide mission, dragging Cloud behind him, Cessna said, "Listen, I'll go to Gungaga and look over your parents." Cessna, just absent from Final Fantasy VII proper and absent from Final Fantasy VII remake, and people were like, "Is this just one of those characters they're forgetting about?" But no, Cessna is coming back. For Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, although in Gengaka, which means it's probably Cloud in the party, and she seems to recognize Cloud, so she'd recognize Cloud as the injured soldier and not as the first-class soldier who he claims to be. So that might be where the party starts being like, oh, is Cloud full of shit? Does Cloud not even know who he is? Which is very exciting. Uh, Thanks. Thank you for that. We doing all right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I tuned out for all of that. Then they, uh, they also... Please don't repeat. <laughs> They also released a demo. <laughs> they also released a nice, uh, uh, a nice, uh, about a ninety-minute demo, which is the, it's chapter one of the upcoming game, but they're not saying the beginning of the game. So I have a feeling there's going to be a, uh, a like a, a prologue thing that we're not seeing yet. But mm. the uh, chapter one you can play, and then it says when you download the game, if you have the save file, you could skip chapter one. So I'm like, oh, that's nice. So it's one of those, you know, your save file transfers over kind of thing. Right. Uh, it is the uh, it is the Nibelheim flashback, which has been it's almost like ostensibly in Star Wars terms, Order sixty six. We keep coming back to Order sixty six throughout different media and seeing it from different point of views. Uh, the, okay. the the event where the the stormtroopers turn against the Jedi, the clones turn against the Jedi. Uh, this is the incident where like Sephiroth breaks bad and sort of all the all the shit starts going down. And we've seen it in Final Fantasy seven proper, in in Crisis Core, a little bit in Beyond Crisis, in the Crisis Core anime, and now we're seeing it here. Uh, and so you get to play that whole flashback, which means playing as Sephiroth, Ooh. and which means experiencing the iconic moment where Sephiroth turns around and you see him in the fire and the music goes up. It's wonderful. It's delightful. Let me tell you, this game, I think it's going to be good. Also, Cessna was Intriguing. on screen just a second ago. I don't know if you guys saw. <laughs> That's not Cessna anymore. That's I thought Cessna was a place this whole time. Oh, no. Cessna can not go to So Cessna was the... No. <laughs> um, 
are uh, Nick, you played Seven Remake, right? Yeah. And, and you enjoyed it. Ostensibly. Yeah. Are you going to play Rebirth? And are you looking? Are you going to play this demo? Or are you just going to wait and go and fresh? No, I'm just going to wait. You, I know the progress carry is over, but yeah. I'm playing other things and I don't have time. And I want to go in what I'm ready to go in. That's and also you just gave me such an information dump, <laughs> information dump that my brain hurts and now I don't. I don't, know, I don't, I don't information. What I'm not sure that counts as information. I'm going to be honest. You don't think what that's Marty legally just, information? What Marty just did? Yeah, like that. That's it's not like the equivalent that's of like, like yeah, it's like verbal Marty, garbage. Marty reminded, yeah, Marty reminded me of like a drunk person at the bar coming up and telling me their whole life story, and I'm just sitting there sipping on the beer and like. Go away. So says they went to Gangaga. It means that's Paris. We I gained nothing. No context or anything <laughs> close to it from that whole spiel. So you're, you're the guy that's in Gangaga. I don't know why you don't understand this. You're the guy that was in my movie theater when I watched The Dark Knight for the first time going, That's Robin. That's Robin. And I'm like, Who? Wait, were they wrong? <laughs> they were drunk. T- he was drunk as shit going during this. He's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I uh I went and saw La La Land uh, mm. with uh, a, f- a friend and it was kind of like a last minute. We had dinner, we had drinks, and then we were next to the theater. And I was like, I heard this movie's really good. And she's like, oh, I like Ryan Gosling. And we're like five minutes into the movie, and she just turns to me and very loudly is like, Is this a fucking musical? Yeah. I didn't realize we didn't like lock that down beforehand. Uh, but uh, no, self, don't uh, take people to La La Land without informing them that it was a musical. Um, wow. She ended up liking the movie in the end. She did, yeah, she cried at the end. Okay, well, then. <laughs> it was a great movie. Job well, job well done. <laughs> yeah, Emma Stone. Uh, voice over generation. Um, but yeah, so uh, do, do you guys think that this is going to be, like, this seems like the first, like, capital M major release of the year. I'm not saying Tekken's not big. I'm not saying Yakuza's not big. I'm not saying Persona's not big. No, I mean, Power World. This is absolutely is, like, the first mega hit of the year, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, yeah. outside of Power World, because Power World's. Aside like, from Suicide Squad. Womp womp. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that should have been bigger, but it, you know, it just wasn't. Like, if we're just yeah. gonna be truthful about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious if this will, like, everything I just said is nonsense. And I feel like, in order to, like, really enjoy this game, you're gonna need to understand the nonsense. And I'm just wondering if there's, like, too much of a barrier to entry for this to, like, I am so fucking excited for it. But I feel like, there's, it's an easier buy-in to be like, here's the kingdom. Don't worry about what happened beforehand. You know, Baldur's Gate. These are all new characters. Don't worry about it. This has like yeah. decades of baggage across. Yeah, like as as, as prolific and big of like a video game staple, Final Fantasy is. It's. I feel like it does still kind of occupy the same sort of niche space that like maybe Persona does, which is also like big in our heads, but like. I couldn't say persona to anyone outside of our circle and they would know what the hell I was talking about. Final Fantasy, maybe, but I'm sure those people wouldn't have played it and aren't looking forward to, you know, this. We just know about thing. it because it's been around since the 80s. So Right. So like I mean, it, and, I and like the last be... Final Fantasy didn't sell that great. Uh so like I I don't know. I mean, yes, it's a big AAA release, but I don't know if it's it actually will have like big AAA release energy when it does finally drop, like the, the people who love it, like Marty are going to love it. And everybody else is probably going to be like, all right, another Final Fantasy. Cause they're just like clockwork. Until mm. they get the Gengaga and meet Cessna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm 
prep to go into it having played remake. Yeah, I still want to do remake. You're yeah, I mean, you, I, you have three weeks. <laughs> I imagine, yeah, I imagine a lot of people are gonna buy this and then go back and buy remake too. That didn't buy it on the first. Game. Yeah, they're even selling a uh, like a twin pack where mm-hmm. it's like whatever less money for this and remake. It's like eighty bucks or something for both of them. Uh, yeah, I'll be curious though because uh, it, it feels like we haven't gotten you know as much as we've loved. Like there's been some really good Prince of Persia and stuff. I'm just curious. There's been no like, oh, that's clearly gonna be like nominated at the game awards kind of thing. Like, I don't know. Like as of right now, game, like Prince of Persia is, I think is my favorite game of the year so far, but I don't know if by the time December rolls around, it's still going to be there. And that's the thing. I don't know. If Final fantasy is going to be that thing. Like, and I guess maybe we don't know until hindsight, but um, this is going to be mm. kind of a strange year. Like this year is uh, the beginning of last year. We were like, Oh man, this is going to be a big year. Cause we know all of these things are coming. Like we don't kind of have that this year yet. Um, which I guess makes it more exciting. Like I, I, I feel like Dragon's Dogma Two is gonna be like a surprise big ass hit. Yeah, yeah. I think that's gonna be a good ass game, and fo- and like it's it's showing well, so folks are gonna be intrigued enough to just hop in. Sure. Whereas, yeah, like I you know. said, Final Final Fantasy has that baggage. Like even if you are looking at the trailer and are like, "Oh, this looks kind of cool and interesting," it's incomprehensible to you, and you know it's tied to this longer legacy. And like, you're if you're not in, then maybe you're just not in. Yeah, it almost reminds me a little bit of Alan Wake 2 last year, where it, fe- mm-hmm. it feels like the, the people who loved it, like, loved it, and the people who were, like, all in on Remedy were like, yes, finally. But, like, it did feel like it had a lot of kind of baggage to it, I guess. Like, man, do I have to play, what's it called, Quantum Conundrum? No. that's not- Qu- Quantum Break. Quantum Break. Quantum Conundrum was the other one. That was a puzzle game. Uh, yeah, I feel like, oh, that yeah, that was Kim Swift, the portal director mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that game. I don't know why. Um, I don't know. When, I don't. Not that I don't know why she made that game. I don't know why. I just brought the game. Uh, but yeah, obviously a lot more than that. I was thinking about maybe streaming the, maybe on Friday streaming the demo. It's probably it's like ninety minutes or so. Maybe doing a little little noon stream. So showing it off to people who haven't seen it yet. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have more leading up to that. Uh, August twenty dollar donation. Thank you so much. Demonetize the podcast for saying dongle inappropriate <laughs> language. I for one like the word dongle. I think it's great. Uh, thank you so much, August. Uh, Tim Mio with a $5 dono. Thank you so much, Tim. Marty, help. I'm halfway through Dirge of Cerberus. Why do I love this game so much? It's such a silly game, but it's also kind of messy and nostalgic. Mm. Dirge of Cerberus is a PS2 uh, third-person shooter starring Vincent Valentine that also has characters in it that were um, appeared in the Final Fantasy VII Remake DLC. So, like, it is... Again, these Final Fantasy remake projects are directly calling back to not only the main Final Fantasy game, but also these spinoff games, whether they're Crisis Core or whether they're um, Dirge of Cerberus. But they're also ca- calling back to books. You got to read novels. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the same as Star Wars. It sounds like this is just homework at this point. <laughs> this is <laughs> just homework. Jumbly Wumbly also donated $50 through PayPal. Says, uh, as oh, heard yeah. of the Discord, uh, my you. Phoenix Penance and my Give Me More Fucking Darren Mooney, Darren Stars Aligned also released the OG Adventures and I Cut. You'll wait for your remaster and you'll like it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, we will do, we promise the, uh, the start of the new uh, entertainment podcast is going to be a little bit later um, due to unforeseen circumstances. Uh, however, I, I want to get Darren on, uh, similar to the Star Trek stream, I want to figure out a reason to play some sort of a movie game and just have Darren on the stream 
Just to, we gotta have him play Last of Us still. <laughs> we do have to have him play. No, I mean oh. he's played the Last of Us. You just someone just has to stream it with him. Stream it with him. We could do that. Yeah. 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 But but there's like big like in uh, I, I kind of want so 1999 it was a big year for movies. The Matrix 25th anniversary, uh, Phantom Menace anniversary. I want to play those games. So we can play a King Kong like, game. <laughs> Peter Jackson's King Kong the movie, the game. Yeah. HBD, <laughs> HBD King Kong. Uh, and I have Darren comment to see if they, they are video <laughs> games the better medium than a film. We'll find out. Uh, I mean, that Enter the Matrix game has actual like hidden scenes and behind the scenes, not behind the scenes, but like just alternate scenes. Yeah. yeah, like you needed to, there was like the minor characters in the Matrix Reloaded and stuff in order to know what Jada Pinkett was doing. You needed to, uh, yeah, I know, I know what game to make him play. The Rain I of Fire. Say, I know what Jada Pinkett was doing. And I was like, Jesus, <laughs> I do not know what she was doing. <laughs> wow. It was August Alcina. We all know. <laughs> we all know what she was doing. <laughs> uh, well, what do you say? What game to make the, the Rain of Fire game? <laughs> I'm sure he loves that movie. I bet oh, he's got yeah. a lot of thoughts on, on the Christian Bale, Matthew McConaughey film. I did, but uh, okay. I, I don't even remember what the game was like. Jason Tudor says there's a Rain of Fire game. Yeah, <laughs> there is. I had it on the GameCube. What a game. See, I miss when terrible movies could come out and get terrible game adaptations. I miss when the world was terrible. Uh, Jewel Rao with a two euro dono. Thank you so much, Jewel. When do we finally get Order 69? Step it up, Disney. Maybe that's going to be one of the lands you can visit in the Fortnite expansion. <laughs> yeah, but you got to be 18 plus to get there. Yeah, some, weird, <laughs> some Twi'leks doing weird stuff. <laughs> Jabba getting freaky. Um, and then Orange Kitty with 20 Canadian dollars. Thank you so much, Orange Kitty. I've been working my way through the Final Fantasy series, starting with the Pixel Remasters, and I'm loving them so far. About a quarter of the way through four. Can't wait to get to seven and beyond. Keep on rocking the fresh content team. Orange Kitty. First off, are you Garfield? If so, I'm a big fan of lasagna, and I also do not like Mondays. Uh, I did the same thing. I... Uh, Bought the Pixel Remasters and went through one through six uh, last year and then went through all the seven games. And it's been wonderful to see that evolution. That's a good series. Some people, I'm going to, I'm, this is going to be, this is going to be a hot take. Final Fantasy is pretty good. Yeah, but you didn't play Crystal Chronicles. I did not play Crystal. Oh, well, technically I'm not there. So maybe I haven't cheated oh, yet. Oh, but don't you need friends to play that? I don't, yeah. I don't, well, yeah, I, don't I think know. you can I, play I, it solo. I had the, I had it on the GameCube and I had no idea what I was doing in that game. So I don't think I ever got past like the first level. Yeah, I mean, like, you I, had, it was, it was like a whole to do, right? Like you, you need, you needed four friends and also like the link cable thing to the Game Boy, yeah. which um, allowed you. I can't remember what functionality it had because I think you still controlled the characters on the screen, but I think all your yeah. menu stuff was just on the. Yeah, because I guess you could roll through RPG menus, but you wouldn't have to pause what's going on in the screen. Right, for everybody else. So like, it was a really cool idea. And like, I went through that whole hullabaloo with a bunch of friends to play that game, and we had no fun. <laughs> like, we, we just did not enjoy any part of that experience. Well, one player also has to not have fun because one player, the whole thing was like the world is shrouded in po- a poison mist. So like a yeah. Miyazaki fantasy. And one character has like a, like a curing bell that creates like a little safe zone yeah, like a dome and yeah. so one person gets to carry the dome while the other three people get to have fun final fantasy adventures while <laughs> fucking dome carriers back here just like, all right guys have fun fighting everyone i played um, the true i played the true classics like goblin commander again with the goblin commander <laughs> love the goblin commander it's crazy every day you're just like i wonder how goblin commander is doing yeah uh, what was the name of that evil pikmin game i said i was gonna buy and then didn't overlord lord 
I thought you thought you bought it on stream. You lied to us all. No, 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 no. Uh, he was there. Tried, He's, he was there. I tried to buy it on stream, but it needed the last three digits of my credit card or my my, my safety number, my credit card. And uh-huh. then we started talking about, do we know that number? And I said, I don't. How do you not remember this? How do you not remember your own credit card number? The, all the, all the, all the, like, you, no, you only remember when you're buying Amiibos. That's not true. Sometimes I buy Amiibo in cash. <laughs> yeah, Amiibos don't ask for the security code. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Also, if I had to remember my credit card number, that would mean I wouldn't have room to remember why Stephanie's in Gungaga protecting Zach's Ferris <laughs> no, family after no. he No more. Uh, you're cut off. We're going to move on uh, shortly to uh, our main topic, the Xbox Calm Before the Storm. Uh, but beforehand, uh, we have another word from our gracious sponsor, Last Epoch. Eric, roll that beautiful bean footage. This video is sponsored by Last Epoch. Uncover the past and reforge the future in this upcoming time-traveling action RPG from 11th Hour Games. Built for genre veterans and newcomers alike, Last Epoch will have you mastering over a dozen unique and frankly rad-sounding classes like Void Knight, Beastmaster, and Blade Dancer. Branch out across tons of skill trees, dive into the community-revered crafting system, and hunt for rare and powerful loot by yourself or alongside your closest ARPG pals. Last Epoch is easy to learn and hard to master, just like playing the saxophone. And Last Epoch's deep and continually evolving endgame means that there's no curfew on this dungeon crawl, unlike my saxophone playing. I have to stop by seven. Pre-order standard, deluxe, or ultimate editions today to make sure you have access to tons of goodies like the Temporal Guardian Armor Set, pet cosmetics to spruce up your favorite companions, and of course a copy of the game itself. That's important. Start working out those index fingers because Last Epoch comes out of early access on February 21st, 2024. That's this year! Head on over to Last Epoch's Steam page to pre-order your version of the game today and prepare for your next great ARPG adventure. You might think uh, Nick used that time to run somewhere in his house to get his copy of Goblin Commander, but he just had it next to him. And again, I know this is uh, throwing stones at glass houses because I continually reach over. <laughs> yeah, every time, yeah, every time you mention something, you have it next to you. It's not Goblin Commander. <laughs> for goblin. You have good taste in goblins. Uh, you know, uh, you know who does have a great taste in goblins? Phil Spencer, because he's been gobbling up those studios by oh, right? acquisition oh, nation. Oh. Uh, our main topic is the uh, quote-unquote calm before the Xbox storm next week, because it doesn't seem very calm right now. Uh, so to catch you up, uh, earlier this year, uh, uh, reports uh, came out that um, Xbox was planning to have one of their first-party games uh, end up making its way to PlayStation and Switch. And people were like, what game might it be? Is it something like Psychonauts or something like Sea of Thieves? Uh, the, so part of the story is that after a Hi-Fi Rush data mine revealed pretty like shirts that's like a PlayStation shirt and a Nintendo shirt for Chai? That was his name, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Chai. Uh, it's all but confirmed that, oh, that game was Hi-Fi Rush, which kind of makes sense to be on those consoles. Uh, however, this week, uh, reports uh, came out from a bunch of different sources of, of journalists and insiders and YouTubers and maybe off some weirdos. Uh, <laughs> but the reports uh, stated that this was the first of a lot 
coming to different uh, of uh, first party Xbox games coming to PlayStation. And that included stuff like uh, Halo and Gears of War and Starfield and possibly future games like Indiana Jones. And and maybe all the Activision games would still be on PlayStation and maybe they wouldn't even be a part of Game Pass. And maybe Xbox won't even be making consoles anymore. <laughs> and maybe all those digital purchases are going in the trash. And so without Xbox saying anything, everyone just went, fucking nuts <laughs> they went nuts they do not know what is going on uh to the point where uh phil spencer had to uh tweet out we are listening and we hear you we've been planning a business update event for next week uh where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of xbox stay tuned um mm. which just seemed to get everyone more riled up and now everyone's just in a tizzy of what's happening are they going to leave the console race and if they do does sony have a monopoly and are they going to rest on their laurels um nick yeah. what do you make of all this uh well i think i've been saying for a while it makes sense to receive these and you know that any of their free-to-play games they go multi-platform i mean you're just missing out on on microtransaction money by not doing that um xbox is also I, you know, everybody's kind of acting surprised over this, but I think if you've been reading between the lines, like I guess I have in the past three years, they've been really focusing hard on acquiring lots of software. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, it's it's kind of a foregone conclusion that Call of Duty was never going full exclusive and everybody was like, oh, Call of Duty is going to go full exclusive. Why would you pay that much money and not go full exclusive? It's like, well, because that's a lot of money left on the table if you don't sell it on PlayStation, which has a much bigger install base than Xbox. So, uh, you know, I fully expect like games like Call of Duty, Diablo, all that are going to stay multi-platform. Uh, Indiana Jones, I don't see any reason for that to really be exclusive. I, I don't know. Like these deals are just so games cost so much. These deals are so big now. If if you're not releasing your games to as wide of an audience as possible, you are just leaving money on the table at this point. Uh, in like you know some of the speculations like oh is it, you know are they going to bring game pass to playstation i don't see that happening because playstation has playstation plus i don't i mean they'd be competing with themselves to basically you think about it like the game like unless it, some people are saying maybe it's a curated list possibly i guess but think about you know why would somebody buy indiana jones on playstation if they could just get it through game pass in my opinion like if i were to do this you stay in the console business you still have xbox consoles you get Game Pass. You can only have Game Pass if you either have a computer or a console or a mobile phone. So you subscribe that way. Or if you want those games on PlayStation or Nintendo Switch, you're paying a p- premium price for them. And basically, Xbox is essentially double dipping at that point. Uh, so I, yeah, like I just, I, I don't, I don't know what exclusives look like anymore. Like there's not real, like aside from Nintendo, who locks their games to a single platform forever. There's not really. Sony doesn't really do exclusives anymore either because they're on PC. So right, I think yeah. I think everybody's trending in this direction. You can't keep investing hundred million dollar budgets into Last of Us and not release it to as many people as possible. It, it's funny how uh, Marty, you mentioned that people were afraid that Sony would become a monopoly when Nintendo was right there. <laughs> like, it's like people just forget, like Nintendo was still in this game yeah. and they were the original, like ones, well, not original, original, but like they, they have a lot more beef between each other than even Sony and Microsoft do nowadays. Like, um, 
But yeah, like I, I agree with you, Nick, that um, for Xbox in particular, it makes a ton of sense for them not to be so exclusive dependent because of how how they're getting beat completely in terms of just hardware out there. Uh, and the truth is, like their strength has always been in their software, in their services, like in their infrastructure and whatnot. So if they could somehow leverage that in the other places, like on Sony's big install base, like that would be huge for them because as as much trash as all these console uh, fanboys talk, they would play all these games that they see on the other consoles. Yeah. Like as long as they get access to them, they would play them. So if, well, the the online conversation in the large scheme of things does not matter. Right. Yeah. And Xbox I, has made that clear. Like it does not matter. And that's it. <laughs> You know, watching these, there's like that article report on VGC of like these big name influencers. Like, I've never, I don't trust Xbox anymore. And I'm not talking. And I made that tweet and I was like, it says more about those guys that like they've been hyping up and Mark, like Clobril and uh, Tim Dog and all that. They're like hype up Xbox. Hey, you guys them. yell at me for talking about Sisning and Gaga. And then you're like, Clobray and Nate Dog. <laughs> well, these, 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 those guys are like the big xbox influencers right they do like if you see like an xbox graphic going around that's not from microsoft it's from usually from clobril and those yeah, guys, i don't know those guys that's yeah like, well, I'm, I'm so like sectioned off from that yeah. part of like the internet slash twitter like i didn't know that there were xbox diehards of oh, that yeah. nature out there yeah and i mean like those guys Microsoft never hired them and they do like all their marketing for free for them. So that tells me more about these influencers that are like, <laughs> yeah, they create like a huge, for Microsoft. yeah. And like, but they're making, they're like, they're making this huge stink about Xbox failing and going away and that they don't trust Xbox anymore. And I'm like, this is a Microsoft company guys. <laughs> if you put your, if you put your faith in Xbox to a trillion dollar corporation, well, you know, that, what I just, but I don't know. I don't, but I don't know. Like, this this weird must respect the fandom thing never has never made sense to me. And I think we've talked about before, like how I I've liked how Xbox has been more communicative on social media. Cause like, you don't see a lot of that from Sony, but mm. now I understand why <laughs> stuff like this. <laughs> yeah. They get too, too friendly with you. And yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. A social relationship where, yeah. um, like, uh, Casey, we were talking about this earlier, how like even Xbox as a brand, their brand account is much funnier and looser and like feels like it's loosened up the tie with its goofs right. and how it responds to stuff in a way that like Nintendo's is written by like CorpoBot 5000. <laughs> Same thing like Sony is just stick to the point. Don't make any goofs. Yeah. But whereas like Xbox is like, you know, it has like a lot of their communications and marketing people, and even people like Phil Spencer are like a forward facing person that like mm -hmm. hosts these events and chum around with people and seem really charismatic. Um, and th I've met a lot of them, they're incredibly nice people, but it's one of those things where people see that and like need some form of like being like, This is my found family, it is in Xbox, yeah, and I'm, like this really dangerous yeah, like, it's the they're, same thing they're convinced who, like, that this is their friend and yeah. like their friend has betrayed them and so like yeah, yeah that reaction thing. is like that, well, that's, well, that's that why way. i brought up that's why i brought up those influencers because like those influencers mm. were in i get this and it's not really just a twitter thing like this is this is like an ecosystem thing where those influencers are in phil spencer's like replies like come talk to us come tell us what's going on it's like it's not gonna give you the time of day <laughs> to tell you what their company plans are bro like I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, to me, w 
as soon as Game Pass was announced, it was pretty clear like where Microsoft was going. And they said it. They said it years ago that they wanted Game Pass to basically be their Netflix of games. And you can get Netflix on any platform you are on. So I you know, there's a lot of like a lot of people making assumptions and stuff about, you know, oh, Xbox Game Pass isn't profitable or or whatever. And I'm like, we don't we don't know that. We don't know. And so uh I think this whole there wouldn't be a big event next week if there was not some big change coming. And I'm not going to be surprised at all to hear Microsoft going third party with a lot of their service focused games, state of decay, see if these, their big IP games like Indiana Jones. Like I, I still think lacking Spider-Man to a single platform is dumb. Yeah. Like that sort of stuff. And, and that's, that's the other question that uh, kind of comes up. Like if, if this is how they're going to move going forward, Sony is the other part of that. Like Sony has to say, yes, you can put your stuff on our console. Is that something that that they'll be okay with long, uh, like just overall? And like, if so, is this good for Sony? Is this bad for them? Like, what what do you think is Sony's mindset on Xbox becoming sort of this pseudo platform holder slash third party publisher? Xbox has to first pay them to put the game on their platform. And mm-hmm. then second, Sony will get a cut of the sales to be on their platform. So, yeah, this is more money for Sony. And it's also going to give them access to a market I think they don't really have a lot of, which is uh, like first person shooters, which their exclusive lineup doesn't have any of right now. Remember Killzone? <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. Cause like, yeah, Sony makes a lot of stuff that is supposed to fill in gaps that, you know, Microsoft has. Like, does that mean Sony feels the need to not do that because that stuff will just come? to their platforms. I mean, to me, it seems like the easy thing is just to take the Sony route where Sony's games, a lot of their games have come to uh, PC. Sorry, Bloodborne. Uh, but they're usually not day and date. Although literally tomorrow, I believe their first day and date one is with Helldivers 2. Um, but, uh, you know, Horizons just Horizon 2, which came out whatever the same day as Elden Ring or the same week as Elden Ring is finally coming to PC this, this spring. And I'm assuming God of War Ragnarok will at some point, that kind of last thing. Of us um, part two, last of Us yeah. part two, Spider-Man two eventually. Um, but it's one of those, if you, you know, if you don't mind waiting, then that's fine. You can do that. But if you want to play all those games, if you want to play final fantasy seven rebirth at launch, you probably need a PlayStation. And so, Microsoft could do the same thing and say like, "Hey, if you have Game Pass and you have Xbox, that you're, you're going to be the you're going to be playing Indiana Jones for the first year, and then afterwards, once you've all gotten out of your system, then we can put it elsewhere." And that just seems like a win-win-win. Yeah, it's win, been win. about a year since Hi-Fi Rush released, right? A little yeah. over a year. Yeah, it was January. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it would make sense that they're like, "Hey, this thing right. that's a year old now, you, and you can yeah. play it at your leisure on our platform, is coming to that other one." Yeah, yeah and I I feel like that is the way they're going to go too because like let's just let's assume like i i still think it's ridiculous to think they would leave the x like xbox hardware off the table it's an access point for game pass and everybody's like well why do you need an xbox and it's like well people don't want to put pcs in their living room (laughs) and also like it's it's not just xbox anymore you're it's like having an apple phone you're in the ecosystem your friends are on xbox your digital purchases are on xbox Um, Mm -hmm. i know there's a lot of concern that like xbox is going away and all their digital purchases are going away that, that's not happening either i that's definitely not happening i'll, I'll eat an egg on stream if that happens but <laughs> i don't like think that's food. happening 
like a raw egg on stream. Can I'll I eat, eat a raw egg? egg. Get her on I'll stream. I'll eat a raw egg on stream. I'll eat another dog treat. I'll eat a, eat a full milk bone on stream. Why, where, why are you spiraling? You see, yeah, you see how you you that's, pivoted that's you, from real food to dog food. That's why I got it. My ceiling on stream. That's it. I just why why invest in all these studios. Why buy all these studios if you're suddenly just going to kill the Xbox brand and the whole ecosystem you've been building up? Yeah, like it makes that, zero yeah, sense. I don't, yeah, I don't see that happening either. <clears throat> it makes zero sense. What if Kilbree and Mad Dog and Colt Coltman? <laughs> what are they going to do? What are what are, what are going to do? Yeah. Um, and yeah. Then, and then B in chat says, "I don't know that. Like, I don't know that. I'm just I." There's no, there's, yeah, there's what no, this, we said this is all reckless speculation. Yeah. But there's no like logical explanation that I can think of that says, yeah, we're exiting the console business and we're killing the Xbox brand. There's no, there's no, I can't so, think of any reason why they would do that. So what is the most logical reason for this decision then to kind of open things up third party? Like, is, is this like a money thing? They're like, Hey, the amount of money that we're spending on all these services is not enough and we need to increase it post haste therefore it's probably microsoft saying you just spent 70 billion dollars of our money and we want to start seeing a return on it fucking now (laughs) (laughs) i think it is satya nadella saying we want this now we don't want Mm. this this isn't a 10-year plan we want to see those numbers going up right now Um, well and i just you know like with the Crossplay and everything that we have now, I just don't see the reason to continue locking games to a single platform. Like I think, I, I, even for PlayStation, like I, you got system sellers, but I think at this point, you're locked into an ecosystem like you are with Apple or or, or Android. And if you haven't switched that ecosystem before, it's a pain in the ass to do it. You leave everything you have behind to go switch to that platform. So either you buy the other. <laughs> You know, with the game systems, you just buy the other platform if you can afford it kind of thing at this point. But yeah, we come at it because I think all three of us have all three of the platforms and a gaming PC. And obviously it comes from a a place of work, a place of privilege and everything. Um, I personally play my Xbox is the thing that's on the most. Um, I mean, not Switch, but like my Xbox is my thing where I watch movies on. I watch YouTube on it. Um, If a game is third party, I'm going to be honest, up until recently, I've always been going to Xbox. And that's what I do. This PlayStation Portal might be a game changer. If a game's got side <laughs> yeah. quests and chores, I think I might be portaling from now on. But um, like you know, I think Game Pass is great. There's a bunch of games I didn't buy because I downloaded on Game Pass. Maybe that's bad for the games. Maybe that's bad for indie games. Maybe I should be buying the games I like. I mean, but. in 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 reality, those people want you to play their games, and they got paid money for it to be on Game Pass. So like sure. that is a win if you yeah. experience that game via Game Pass. The, the, what I'm wondering is like, is Game Pass costing them money for them to be like yeah like we have to do something different or is it just because honestly i agree like this should be what everyone's doing i'm curious if xbox going down this road will encourage anyone else to follow suit because them being in last place and trying all these kind of very consumer friendly things that have garnered them all this sort of appreciation still isn't moving the needle in terms of actual sales like people are still beholden to nintendo and sony who don't give a damn about their customers and will keep releasing the same sort of stuff that people just keep eating up so like xbox has to pivot and do something but like everything they do is kind of met with meh by like the larger gaming community like it's it's also funny it does kind of feel like giving up that they 
stumbled into the biggest game of this year so far with power <laughs> yeah like, like you know, it was like a six-month-old build yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah it is kind of crazy that like you know way more people are playing it on steam but like more people have been playing power world on uh on xbox than playing any game on playstation this year like that's a fact because like mm. power world was the biggest thing of the year granted will it still be the biggest thing no you see it's concurrence it's concurrence are still very high but like it feels like every week it is being halved, which is understandable, but still, Power World was, was real big. They got their Pokemon with guns. Man, no one cares about Power World anymore, do they? Yes, uh, people are still do. playing it. I, I still, yeah, I have a lot of friends who are still uh, spending a lot of time in it. Like, all, like my Facebook feed, which is like all my old friends, like, well, I say old, but my friends who are as old as me, sure. like, th- that's filled with like them real still, old. you know, having Power World adventures and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, you know, if, if, if Xbox, lost somewhere it, yeah it's definitely the console war but i don't i don't know i don't know whatever the console war is or was but I, when i look at xbox i think like okay they have console and up until recently they had the pc market too <laughs> like i think of xbox i've never i ever since the xbox one and they started bringing stuff to pc i've never really thought as xbox is just the console anymore it's like i can get their games on xbox and get their games on pc or I get their games on phone and until what last year, two years ago, maybe Sony started releasing their games on PC. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't I don't know. I just I think the I think the landscape has changed and these games are too expensive to leave on one platform and recoup their costs anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm really we don't have a uh, date lockdown next week. They haven't said when their event is, what their event's going to look like, if it's even going to be streamed, if it's going to be a press release. Um they just said, look forward to sharing details in a business update. Apparently, apparently the, 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 I think Grubb, Jeff Grubb said it, that the uh, the plan was to reveal this all at the end of February, and then it all leaked. And so now they have had to push it up. <laughs> yeah, they have to rush. <laughs> yeah, that's the even, yeah, well, it would, end of February would make sense, because this feels like one of those businessy things you do before GDC, so that they could set up a bunch of GDC um, meetings surrounding this. A lot of times tech and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that gets revealed. Yeah. Uh, why do you think it leaked? Do you think that there's just internally people are very much against whatever their plan may be? Oh, yeah. Maybe there are some people internally who are like, no, these should stay on Xbox. The, and the amount of the amount of outlets that had this information, somebody from Xbox leaked this to them. Absolutely. Yeah. No yeah. way. That, yeah. I mean, like how many Verge had it? Jeff Grubb <laughs> had it. Uh, Giant Bomb had stuff. I don't know. Everybody had yeah. something. Mud <laughs> Dog had it. And it, and it all yeah, came Mud, out. Mud like, Dog right and yeah, it all came out like right around the same time. So this was like a planned leak from somebody within Xbox this was a, and Microsoft. A mutiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds, I mean, it kind of sounds like a lot of times these leaks are people who are like, what? I disagree with this thing. What, what if it was Phil Spencer? <laughs> he disagrees with it? Yeah. <laughs> I, burner. I, I, I am super curious what the temperature is on him at, at Microsoft. Like, pretty attractive. I would say hot. i'm just i'm just just curious if they like i mean they must have obviously they have a lot of faith in them if they let them make a 70 billion dollar purchase on that yeah that's what yeah i feel like what has phil spencer the the exec done wrong in any of the like i don't think he himself and in his decision making has had any missteps Mm -hmm. like it's like xbox has this weird grim reaper hanging over them where like they try and do these good things and then the result comes out and is like lackluster 
Like he did what he was supposed to do. Like he garnered uh, sympathy for the brand. He garnered attention. He garnered all these services. Is, he is bought it? a ton of uh, devs, and then those devs re- were supposed to release the games that were going to save the platform, and they didn't. Well, start. I mean, Starfield sold great. Starfield was the best-selling Bethesda game ever released. But it was Starfield, though. <laughs> it still <laughs> sold well. Be, that, it's, it can't be the best-selling. <laughs> at, 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 at launch, it was the best-selling Bethesda game. I mean, is that because of Game Pass? No, best-selling. Yeah, how would you even... Yeah, how would you even... people played it. Best... Like, what does that even mean? I think, I think the thing I thought... I think I read, like, six million copies. That's, that's like, in, like, a well. window? Did they say, like, oh, like, this launch weekend Starfield, or something? Uh, Our window. Yeah. Uh, 12, 12 launch million... Launchpad window. Had over 12 million players. And I don't, I don't remember the... The sales on it, but I just but it just I, feels like people. I think people were like, "Oh my god, Redfall! This is going to be fine." That we're getting some arcane, and they're like, "Oh my god, Starfield!" Well, yeah, yeah. the second coming of Skyrim, and those games came out and they were kind of bad. Uh, yeah, um, no, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm just saying, sales wise and players wise, like Sea of Thieves has millions of players, and State of Decay has done ten million something players. But yeah, their their numbers don't make a lot of sense anymore because like they're all tied to Game Pass, and they conflate the two with sales and Game Pass. So we don't mm-hmm. really know how these games are doing because 10 million players could be 10 million over the th- five years that state of decay has been out it's it's a sure, nothing it's, number it's like when, yeah, it's, it's like, like when netflix our releases former, numbers. yeah it's like our former parent companies we have 300 million readers no you don't <laughs> so um yeah it's the, the numbers are fugazi nothing yeah so yeah uh, there it is yeah like i don't i i, I do think that xbox needs to pivot and i don't know you know, we have Hellblade coming up. Is that going to be good? We, we really don't know. Like, yeah, it seems like a much smaller scope than what it would have needed to be to kind of hit yeah. the to hit that temperature that they've been chasing from their competitors. If it, if mm-hmm. this is like a smaller, more intimate thing that like that's great for the game, but I don't know how great that is for Xbox, the brand. Yeah. And Eric Zontero says, I can't imagine Starfield sold more than Skyrim. Not sold more than Skyrim. It was their best selling game at launch from Bethesda is definitely has not sold more than Skyrim. Skyrim sold what <laughs> hundred million copies, <laughs> whatever it is. Didn't sell more than Animal Crossing. Nintendo's <laughs> 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 just over here, like just oblivious to everything that's going yeah. on. It's great. Like they don't care um, about you, your your family. Nothing. No, but here's uh, here's Tom Nook. You could pay your debt back to him, but also we'll never put a microtransaction in this game, even though it feels like the game that should have them. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. They, they they made a mobile one, right? There were microtransactions in that. Yeah, that game was junk. <laughs> <laughs> it was junk. Oh, Nintendo's mobile stuff is junk. Uh, before we move on to stuff we've been playing and watching, uh, Jumbly. Donated on Ko-Fi. John, look at you. A couple a couple secret donos during the stream. Fine. It better be a great fucking remaster, Nick. Also, give Eric a raise. You heard it here first. John, we're giving Eric a raise. Any John, donation goes straight to Eric from now on. I don't think that could be tracked. <laughs> I don't think that could be tracked. <laughs> that was also a lie. Uh, thank you so much, John, uh, Orange Kitty. Five Canadian dollars. Thank you so much. Orange Kitty. Hot take, but Sony should buy Valve. I don't even know if it's legal, but it would be ridiculous. Um, no, I don't want. We don't want more consol. Like, I, I was worried more about consolidation. I was worried about all the consolidation that Embracer did, and every they're basically THQ 2.0 at this point. Um, yeah, speaking because, of a Grim Reaper, Jesus. 
Yeah, I mean, every every fucking week they're laying people off. Maybe uh, maybe yeah. maybe don't uh, don't spend your money before you have it, guys. Embracer yeah. execs who somehow still have your jobs and should all be fired for what you did. Yeah, they had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, from, from the beginning that was freaking straight. It was like, why are you remastering I, all these trash ass double? No, the, the, the thing they did at the start was put THQ at the front. And I'm like, that's a bad name to have attached to whatever the hell you're doing now. Yeah, because they went out of business <laughs> on their own. Like, no one, no one did Jeez, that. They screwed them. themselves out of business. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is weird to be like, you know that company that failed? Well, we're going to name ourselves after the failure. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, Embracer's lineup just isn't looking good. Like, you've got the the Outcast two sequel, like a sequel that nobody asked for, and is probably I'm sorry, is going to tank at launch hard. And I guarantee oh, that'll be that studio. Homeworld, Homeworld got delayed. Homeworld has got delayed. It's but it's still in development though, so that's good. Yeah, don't worry. Uh, well, there's a What's demo of Homeworld. Like Stankonia. Out, Outcast, <laughs> like out, You can ask Yahtzee about Outcast, but Outcast, like they did a remake, remaster of the first one a couple years ago, and it was like the pioneer of open world games or whatever they're calling it. And then this out, and they're like, oh, Outcast two, and like I was like. Nobody did anybody play this Outcast remake? Why are we making a sequel to this? <laughs> I'd play an Outcast metaverse if it was like a Stankonia-ville. <laughs> like like Andre 3000 yeah. and Big Boy. A speaker box versus Love Below. <laughs> That's like Street Fighter versus Tekken. <laughs> I'd, uh, yeah, I could, I, could, I could mess with that. Yeah. Um, oh, man. And then uh, Fungus Finder. Oh my god! I tried. I listened to that flute music, and I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Do that. I didn't finish. I gave it one listen, and I'm like, you deserved it because you've been great, and you give me so much joy in my life. And I'm like, all right. I hope your flute period is done. Uh, <laughs> I'm just finding with a two dollar dono. Doesn't mayonnaise marinade for a steak sound tasty? No, um, no, no. I no. mean, some people some people use like almost marinade uh, mayonnaise as like a natural oil when when cooking instead of like olive oil or butter. But um, no, yeah, I don't know. Marinating and ma- why you guys are real fast and loose with your mayonnaise? I don't like it. Do you mean you guys as in whites? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do put it on everything. <laughs> Doesn't matter what kind of sandwich it is. That shit's on there. I'm not I mean, crazy. for a, I'm a sandwich is where it belongs. Okay. Like sandwich tuna. And tuna is usually in a sandwich. So, I mean, there you go. Yeah. Um, I thought man. Yeah, it seems expensive instrument. to put it on a steak. Um. <laughs> Casey got that one. Casey's a real <laughs> what, one. What, what did you say? <laughs> I said I thought mayonnaise was an instrument. You, you had to grow up when we grew up, Marty. Casey and I are the same age. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm talking I'm about. Right. I grew Casey up with Casey, bro. Casey just had better t- taste in TV. I, I don't know what <laughs> it's, it's a SpongeBob joke. <laughs> that mayonnaise was an instrument. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like late SpongeBob. Did, he didn't even get it. <laughs> I did get it. So Jimmy's Jimmy's Shrek in there is a nice SpongeBob reference. <laughs> yeah, playing I'm it. Lost. It's right there. <laughs> mayonnaise isn't an instrument. I don't even know what's going on. Jesus. <laughs> that's, a, that's, knew, that's a very specific. I, I knew uh, a pop culture reference. Back. You guys didn't fuck off. <laughs> You're not correct. That's because I was good. You were a baby and I was job. going on a date. I was kissing people under bleachers. <laughs> I was listening to AT Aliens. 
Um, <laughs> no, that's no, that's good. That's the, one of the good seasons, though. And yeah, Eric's Eric's getting his whole stream taken down by putting Paramount. On. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's playing SpongeBob right now. Oh, you gotta flip it. You gotta flip it. It'll be fine if you flip it. Uh, let's get to what we've been playing. Uh, Casey, what have you been playing? Uh, not a watching, whole lot. Doing anything. Yeah, but um, I've been dabbling here and there in a couple of uh small things. Uh, as you guys know, I've been doing uh wedding streams with my fiance every Friday. Uh, we finished House of Ashes and moved on to Stray, a game that I've mm-hmm. been uh, threatening to play for a long time now, so I can be full on in my opinion that Tunic was robbed at the Game Awards for Best Indie Game. And so far, Stray has proven me right. Like the game is fine. Uh, like my, I'm letting my fiance play because it's easier to control. Like it's it's very context sensitive. You don't really do platform. You kind of walk up to things and press the the context sensitive button. Um, but like the gameplay of it is very minimal like you're kind of being led by the hand uh like in these kind of obstacle course thingies and then you have to like kind of hunt trinkets and then bring them back to certain places to like get more of the story um and there's so far like we're like an hour we're like two and a half hours in and i'm intrigued by the world but like it's not like compelling like this isn't like some sort of grandiose thing. So I'm wondering, like, is there like a big twist at the end of Stray that like makes all of the sort of mundanity of up? Nobody's shaking his head. No, <laughs> nope. That game because, is what it is. Yeah, because if, <laughs> it is if this is. is just all it is. Look, I big called world. it. I called it. Like Stray is full on just an internet phenomenon because there's a cat in it, and you guys need to stop playing no. in my face. No, 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 no. I'm not a cat person. Like, cats are fine, but like, I'm not a cat or a dog. I, like, I don't, mm. like, I didn't have pets growing up. I had asthma. If an asthmatic <laughs> could like stray, anyone could like but stray. I have, I have a cat. Like, I love my cat. But like, I'm talking about video games here. And if you're going to sit in my face and tell me that Stray was the best indie game versus Tunic, then you are a liar. <laughs> you are a goddamn liar. And I will continue to rage about this. I mean, for being real, people it, like their, too their hard graphics. Like, yeah, I mean, literally. Yeah. If I'm being honest, honest, Tunic was was too hard for. Even though Tunic you can't turn on hard. invincibility. <laughs> yeah, um, it was too obtuse. Uh, Stray, you could beat in like three hours. Tunic, like you needed to, to stare at a thing and, and dream about the puzzles and the symbols and the pictographs. I feel like you're. That's not even true. What you're saying, <laughs> like you're just telling fallacies right now. No, the, the what, mainstream. Tunic? Tunic is not that hard. And like Nick said, you can turn on invincibility. Yeah, no, yeah, no, but, no, yeah no, but like no. the learning, learning the game, the, uh, the mainstream press does not put the time in to really learn yeah. games like that. Casey, I'm just saying I fucking love Tunic mm-hmm. and and I was able to get through the game because I did turn the difficulty down, if I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> um, but I love Tunic, but I'm just saying it feels like it is more. I don't know. It's like a, it's it's I think there's a harder barrier to entry in it than something like Stray. Like anyone, like you said, you're sitting down with your fiance. She's beating it. Anyone can sit down and finish Stray. I mean, um, sure. But does that make it the best indie game? Because I mean, there was more than Stray and Tunic. And I was yeah, like, why was why was Stray being held to this? Like, like Stray is I don't want to I don't want to sound like Stray is a bad experience. Right. Like, it's fine for what it is. But like, why? Like, we got to stop. <laughs> like, we got to stop holding up this mediocre shit <laughs> oh yeah you're insane <laughs> i, I, I disagree with you to a certain point but you're just insane <laughs> you can't be reasoned with you're i'm not saying you're it's like, bad but it's shit <laughs> no like it's mediocre like it's it's 
it's nothing it's not award worthy like that's what i'm getting at like stray should stray should not have won the best indie game last year like that's ludicrous to me it's i, I feel like i get this sometimes when i talk with with Yahtzee, and I'm getting this a little bit from you, and I get it from Jack. And it's, <laughs> you guys have a very strict definition of what a game needs to be. That's and not any time a little kitten crawls out of that box, <laughs> you're like, get back in the box and become a fox and pick up I, your sword. Learn how I don't to use feel like I don't point. feel like that's true. I feel it's like stray. that is true. I feel stray is a unique experience. But I also think it won a lot of awards just because, I mean, it's visuals alone sell that game in the atmosphere. <laughs> like, I, I like I don't know. Like, I think you're spending too much time on uh, on the indie award show, you know, at the TGAs where they're always going to submit for the best looking indie game in which, you know, this game had a major publisher behind it at this that point but i don't know i i i'm i'm torn on story because like i knew about that game before it was even a game the guy like posted concept art of the game and people were so fucking hyped about it he's like okay i'll turn it into a whole game and then it was like this it was just like a little a little game and then annapurna got on board and i was like what and then it turned into that so that was a real hipster moment for you i knew it when it was a piece of art <laughs> I literally, I remember the day I saw that art because I'm like, that's it's a cat in a cyberpunk world. Like, that's weird. Okay, uh, yeah, like the co- the concept is today, today than the execution. Oh yeah, today would be uh, <laughs> today. They'd be like, is that AI generated? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the internet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> SVS Guru with a two euro dono. Thank you so much. Stray is a little cat in a big world. Isn't there a, literally a game called Little Cat Big World coming out? I feel like there's been like a demo for Little Cat Big City. Ah, you play like a little <laughs> asshole cat and just knock shit off people's counters, which is great. But I, that, I, that I, cat's uh, regular size in its world. <laughs> it's just yeah. the size of that no, cat. No, but it's like a little cat. To, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's gray. I, I was immediately disappointed when it was context sensitive game and not like an actual platformer. I was wanting yeah. more game. I was wanting more gameplay. That's a nimble on their feet. Like, yeah, if you're going to take that level of control away, like, usually it's because they need to direct you for story purposes, and the story isn't carrying the weight of the lack of gameplay, right? So, all, all in all, like, it feels like a lacking experience. And Tunic was anything but lacking. Like, Tunic is more than what you're actually playing and looking at. Like, it, it's just so layered that it, it, it deserves to be celebrated. That. I'm sorry, I just like Tunic a lot. It's a good, it's a good <laughs> ass indie game. Just fucking Zelda should have like won an award. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got a pair of two dollar donos right now. Nick the OG, Tunic was one hundred percent Rob masterpiece of a game. Beast yes. March two dollar donation. KC, your nuts straight was amazing. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> amazing. Uh, that's a, that's such a strong word. Amazing. I mean, I'm not finished with it yet. Like Nick, this Friday we'll yeah, be finishing. Look, I, I'm willing to bet that I was hoping that there was some sort of big ass twist at the end. It's like, oh shit, I get it now. Stray, wow. We'll yeah. see. We'll find out. Because I'm gonna finish that game this Friday. Uh, but outside of that, um, I played. Um, uh, I finally got into some Tekken Eight, uh, mainly just the story mode. Like, I want to try to get through all of that, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that it was full well that it was going to be like pure nonsense. Sure. Um, and it was um, like it's the production value is c- crazy. Like Tekken looks so freaking good. 
Um, but it is dumb. Yeah, like no surprise there. I don't understand why anything is happening. There are so many characters in that game, but you they only care about the Mishima family. Like you're playing as uh, the youngest Mishima, uh, Jin, for most of the story so far. Like there's like this one little tournament section where like they let you choose like some other characters for like a one-off, but you are just Jin for like most of the story. And like, I don't like that. Like I, I really like how Mortal Kombat handles their story where like you're kind of going through yeah. sections of and like you're getting different pieces of the story and everything comes together like nobody else yeah, in tekken matters it's just the <laughs> mishimas um but also like I'm, I'm i'm bouncing off really hard in terms of tekken's controls uh like i had a talk with um justin from the rusty rupees who's like a big tekken head like he played a lot of tekken uh, on his streams on my podcast this past week and he was trying to explain it to me and he i really still wasn't understanding like what is like the sort of meta language of Tekken's fighting system, because to me as an outsider and trying to learn it, it, it very much still just feels like mashing buttons. And I know that it's not, I know that there's a lot that goes into getting good at Tekken, but like it, if like more so than any of these kind of uh, legacy fighters that have, that have new iterations, Tekken seems the most adverse to like letting new people in. Mm -hmm. Um, and even though they've implemented, uh, you know, a modern control scheme like a lot of the other ones have, theirs feels like they they don't know why the other people are adding modern control schemes. Like it, it makes no sense how like their combos for the modern for their they call it special controls even like don't even call it modern. It's called special controls. And essentially, you tap one button to do one combo in particular, and that combo I believe is context sensitive, so it'll change just based on its whims. And then like there's a, a particular button to do special moves. And that, I believe, is also context sensitive. So it does whatever special move it deems necessary at that moment. And then um, I think there's like a button for grab and a button for like uh, to activate your super. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't want you to play the game with those controls. It, uh, so this this is this mode is kind of thrown in there as if. As if they're like, hey, at some point, stop butting around with this and go learn how to play Tekken. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like the the Street Fighter sort of um, Right. Like this is what the controls called in Street Fighter? Uh modern in Street modern. Fighter. Modern. So it's not like that where it's like this is a like extremely viable option to right, play. Right. Like this is an alternate way to just play Street Fighter that will work for a lot of newcomers mm -hmm. versus the people who have been playing Street Fighter for ages and so you can just go back to what you know. Like Tekken yeah. is like, "No, go back to what you know." And I don't know. I'm going to keep going. Um, I have because I still have like a lot of people uh, around me who are like loving Tekken because they've been playing it for years and years. I feel like a lot of that love is really just based in like nostalgia for it. Because um, I like it's it's weird. Tekken just does not jive with me. And I, I feel like there's there's a wall that I need to break through at some point. And I'm I'm not sure when that's going to happen, if ever. Doesn't feel like it gets new fans. Um, like it doesn't feel like it is accumulating with a new release. It feel whereas Street Fighter, I feel like I know a lot of people who jumped in on six. Mortal mm -hmm. Kombat, just by virtue of its like bombast, people will like check it out. Um, Smash Ultimate absolutely drew in new new uh, a new audience. But um Tekken, it just seems like like you said, the people I know who still play Tekken were like their like Tekken Dag tournament for the, at the launch of the PS2. Yeah. Um, where it just doesn't feel like Tekken ever does a thing where it's like, oh my god, well, even non-fighting fans have to jump in for this. Yeah, it's... Uh, and it's sad because, like, we talked about this when I did the preview, 
uh, when I was playing in their, their early beta, a lot of their ancillary stuff, like their stuff that helps people who are good at that game, like train and stuff is really cool. Like the ghost data stuff that you can like rip from just um, like it'll amalgamate like an AI version of the way you play that That's other cool. players can just, you know, take and use. Yeah, yeah. Like it'll practice take against for, Casey. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can take like recordings of a match you actually did and play out a scenario where you lost and like do something different in the recording. Like that stuff is like really cool. I just wish it was in another fighting game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, which is kind of a bummer. It seems like a lot of people yeah. are loving it though, but yeah, like, like the, yeah, the Tekken heads are loving it. I was going to say critics Tekken. love it, but I feel like most of the people who reviewed Tekken were probably Tekken heads. So yeah, um, I feel like that's almost like I'm imagining final fantasy is probably gonna get really high reviews. Cause most of the people who review final fantasy are probably going to be final fantasy heads, but it's kind of <laughs> like who, what about people who aren't, uh, but maybe that's not who games are for. I don't know. I don't think games. <laughs> Uh, before we move on, Fungus Finder with a $2 dono. Thank you so much. Quick, Eric, incite a war by making a cats versus dogs poll. Don't you dare. This country's <laughs> divided enough. We've suffered enough as a nation. Uh, Aaron Sunshine with a $1.99 dono. Thank you so much. Casey, meow, meow, meow. And then I had a cat. Th- thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. And then uh, Pundabaya with a two-pound dono. Thank you so much. I had more fun with Redfall than Tunic. Yeah, oh, that oh. is a lie. You don't know that. You're, don't tell people what I'm telling. The lie. Be a fun police. <laughs> They're just trying to get a rise yeah, out if, of me. If they, if they if they really did have more fun, they would have spent more money. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I don't understand it, but I like it. I appreciate it. Well, I mean, you want to make I'm a not, I'm not taking statement? I'd believe it for a hundred dollars, not two dollars. I'm I'm just not taking that bait. How's that? There you go. Uh, You've been playing, watching anything else? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm still watching uh, Grand Blue Fantasy, uh, the anime second season. And I just thought it was very funny. The, the most recent uh, set of episodes I just finished, because I've mentioned before that that show is kind of like a, a, it's trying to do the One Piece thing where like they fly through the skies, like they gather crew members or whatever, and they go on little adventures on different sky islands. But um, they started in second season, they started doing this thing where the first season was like new adventure every episode. This one is like, all right, we're going to give you two or three episodes, kind of really flesh out like this island and this arc and the characters that you meet while you're there. And the most recent one very much feels like Grand Blue Fantasy actually has a really good like story. Like there's like cool writing and interesting characters with like history in it. But the anime is rushing through that stuff. So I'm really curious. If like the mobile game actually has like a bunch of like cool ass story that this anime is condensing into something because they <laughs> they re- they skipped so much context from one episode to the next that I legit had to go in the comments on Crunchyroll where I'm watching this to be like, did did something break? Like, did something happen? And like everything was filled with like, wait, how did this character get out of the whatever? Because they legit just rushed through it. When like one character was Crunchyroll where you're watching it. Yeah, on Crunchyroll, on if you're watching online, you, there are comments underneath like the videos. Oh. I, do you know that? <laughs> like it's like no. a YouTube thing, so like people can comment on the episodes that they're watching. And you so, like, if that was on Netflix, that'd be so fucking. <laughs> that'd be funny. really. That'd be really. Funny, oh my actually. god! If a hundred million normies were in the comment section of everything <laughs> on Netflix, <laughs> oh my god! I didn't know that was a thing. Sorry, sorry. Continue. But yeah, so like, yeah, a lot of people were basically saying the same thing because like I. I thought like I missed something, but no, like a character is trapped in a location at the end of one episode at the start of the next episode, they are 
like rescued and on the ship with other characters and is explaining to those characters what was going on when they were captured. But at no point did they tell you exactly how she how she got from where from sure. point A to point yeah. B. And you're just supposed to go with that because they had other shit to get to in the rest of that episode. So like yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah, like, I was like, this this is off. Like what happened here? Mm. I'm curious how much more of that goes into that. Cause there's I think this the second season is fairly new. Like I don't I don't think it came out that long ago, but like this is the most recent one. So like if I don't know if they're rushing through this, I'm worried that there's just not going to be any more Grand Blue Fantasy going forward. Yeah, yeah, that seems um, that mm. seems like an unwise way to uh, to handle that. Yeah, because this was supposed to be how they like introduce a wider audience to that world, so that they'll be happy to, to like go play the fighting play game games. or the adventure yeah. game and stuff. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, like if I can't get to know these characters because they're rushing through whatever this plot is, like I don't see the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of a that's kind of a bummer. Don't worry, if you're disappointed by that uh, anime adaptation, um, the Avatar live action show is coming out and everything will be fine. <laughs> I want to get into those Netflix comment sections. <laughs> yeah, those are going to be bad. Hey, I, would, I was, man, like, I don't know what it is with these TV shows lately, like whether it's Rings of Power or uh, uh, Avatar. They're like, yeah, let's take out all the character development out of these things <laughs> because it was problematic. And I'm like, can we not have problematic characters in fiction anymore? Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> like, is it, is it a time thing? Like, they, like, is it too jarring because of the pace of how they're going to try and tell this story for him to be like, oh, women should stay in the kitchen in like episode one, but then by episode three to be like, you know what? I think I like women. <laughs> Ruth Tonda forever. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I feel like, I feel like every, every time I see one of these big shows coming about, the writers are like, we took out this stuff because it was bad. And I was like, yeah, there's bad characters in shows and books and, and games. Like they have their They have problems. It's the whole point. Yeah. Like I am all for, this is a different medium. You, you need to literally change and adapt yeah. the thing. But if you are like just missing like key themes and like, or at least like misunderstanding key themes. Um, yeah, that, I think that's what it is. Is like, if this feels more like a misunderstanding of why those traits yeah. belong to that character versus just them just being the, bad uh, traits. Tells you why the creators left the show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it does those com- those comments, those comments alone tell me that they're like, they were shoehorning in how they want to do it. And like we, we had a podcast all the way back on breakout that we got a, a lot of people met us for talking about the rings of power and like how we're like, eh, you know, you need to stick so much to the source material. And like, I still, I still think that's true. I think you can still make a good show without sticking to the source material in. In most cases, I think in, that's in how to- you should do it in, in totality. Mm-hmm. But if you take out the essence of what you're using from the source material and just, completely shapeshift it for the messaging that's not even there anymore. I like that I don't know. I just feel like people that like want to tell their own stories are using these major properties and not making good shows with it. Because the Witcher like I I I didn't even finish the season three of Witcher. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I've just had no desire to go back to yeah. the Witcher. <laughs> yeah. So I don't yeah I don't know. I just like I don't I don't I don't even know how to explain Cause it's not like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say basically, but it's sort of, cause I don't want to, I don't want to fall into the stick to the source material camp, but also like, 
stop changing everything to fit your own version of what the source material is. I don't even know if like that it, sounds normal. <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, cause I, I, I normally feel like it's worthless to do a one-to-one adaptation of something. Like if something exists and is good and loved in one medium, don't make it again in another medium. And it's exactly that, like give it its own energy. Right. Yeah. Well, that's like what they did with The Last of Us. They gave us more. They told us the same story, but gave us more of it. Right. But but everything still felt like kind of what the source material intended. So like it's the the thing is, it is hard to do. Right. It's like it's not super easy to just do an adaptation, which is why so many get it wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, like in some cases, like it changed too much. And that's what the problem is. Like you're you're getting away from actually what the this what any of this even meant in the first place. Yeah, some of the earlier interviews about Avatar got me interested in watching this because, like, I'd watched, I didn't ever finish the cartoon, but I watched a good chunk of it when I was growing up. But, like, they talked about, like, showing the genocide that happened with the Fire Nation and all that instead of just recapping it in the intro like they did in mm-hmm. the in the show. And I'm like, oh, that's neat. Like, get to see more of the backstory that led up to Aang. And then, but then they're like, yeah, all these interviews come up, like, very confidently saying, like, yeah, we're making, you know, this guy a better person and it's like what do you, do you not you don't know what the audience you're speaking to <laughs> <laughs> i think the lesson i'm taking away from this is uh everyone should feel bad who said mean things about cowboy bebop because that was actually good the cowboy <laughs> bebop adaptation was actually good it was gonna, good yep 10 years from now we're gonna be knee deep in these bullshit uh <laughs> adaptations and we won't uh and, and we'll be looking back and being like we shouldn't have been mean to john cho and yeah. the rest of the crew and I'm glad we had this discussion because I'll be watching Halo tomorrow and I'm going to come back. Like, I'm either going to be like, it's okay. It's okay. But I am, I am bracing. I am bracing for impact. At least they got rid of all the show writers from the first season that didn't know what, now know what they were doing. I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a chance that it has a totally different tone because of that. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think I have no personal issue with Kiki Wolfville, but she, she was in charge of like all the, Transmedia for Halo and none of it worked out. <laughs> Isn't she still on the? She's still no, on the show. No, she she left. She's you not. Sure? I'm. She's completely out of three. Like that whole leadership team is gone from three four three. She was very quiet about it. Oh, I mean, she's still like tweeting stuff about the show. Oh, I'm sure. I'm not sure she still wants it to be uh, successful. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's like Halo is why I know the name Kiki Wolfkill. So yeah, <laughs> sure, sure, she's yeah. she's head she's head of IP expansion at Xbox, but she is no longer like part of three. She's a producer on the show, Nick. She used to be. She had no, a bigger Halo role showrunner before. David Weiner and producer Kiki Wolfkill. I've seen a bunch of interviews with her. This I week know on the show. she had a bigger role before though, on the first season. Okay. okay. She's still there. So all the stuff you hated about her, she was like, you know that stuff Nick hated? There's going to be more fucking <laughs> and less reach. <laughs> uh, King Dead. Welcome to the tip jar. Thank you so much, King Dead. My takeaway is Netflix needs comments for the Avatar series. I know that's what we keep saying, and Paramount should get them too for Halo. We <laughs> need to see what's going on on Reach. Um, I, is that all dropping at once? How's, what is Halo? How does Halo no, work? No, it's, it's weekly. Oh. I think yeah, I think they're doing the first two episodes like they did with the first season, because mm. there's a there's a Game Pass promotion with it too. Oh, can I watch it on Game yeah. Pass? Yeah, I think so. Well, that's nice. Uh, anything else, Casey? Uh, 
I mean, I played some Go Mecha Ball, but that was a, a hidden gems with Jess and Jesse. So you can check that out to hear my thoughts. Uh, fun, pro or fun ass game. Yeah, that is a definite gem. That game is really fun. I, I can see myself losing like a lot of <laughs> a lot of time to that to that loop. Nice, and I believe that is also a uh, game pass game. Speaking yep, of that and Halo episodes one and two, um, and Power World, and Power World, the big three. Um, I've been mostly playing the same stuff I, I was talking about last week. Well, I guess I, pl- I played Silent Hill a short message. I literally just came off another stream watching Yahtzee play through the entirety of it. Um, as a big Silent Hill fan, um, long story short, it is uh, uh, fun. It is a very uh, <laughs> long. <laughs> uh, it is um, it is a weird uh, it is a weird relic of Silent Hill that that feels haunted by both uh, Silent Hill Two and PT. That whole entire series feels like it is in a, a weird holding pattern and it doesn't know what it wants to be when it grows up. Um, it's hmm. not bad. It's not. It's not. It's probably. It's probably not in the bottom half of Silent Hill games, but it is most certainly not in the top half of Silent Hill games. So uh. it is like very comfortably right in the middle of Silent Hill games. Um, but it's just one of those things where if I wanted a first-person Silent Hill experience, PT is so much better. If I wanted a um, Silent Hill experience truly about trauma, Silent Hill Two is way better. And if I wanted a like. Uh, you know, a story centered around teenagers and and suicide and and the negative effects of social media. There's a billion fucking movies and TV shows that deal with it a lot better. Their daily lives. That's just their daily lives, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's nice. It's in and out of your life in like 90 minutes, but um, and it's free. But those don't feel like they're. I was eating food out of the garbage. I don't know. You can do something else in 90 minutes. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. There's a lot of free stuff. Um, You're talking that talking about me coming for stray while saying that it's, it's basic. You just said it's like food in the garbage. <laughs> but not like it's not filthy. It's like George Stanza's eclair at the it's, top it's of the garbage. It's a plate right on top of the garbage. Right. So, yeah, but like more... you still have to reach in there. The more stuff that you uh, do from this new Konami, you know, I'm assuming your confidence is not going up with it. <laughs> no, it's been going down, Nick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been going down. So for so far, we're zero for three because we had Silent Hill Ascension, not yeah. great. We had yeah. these uh, Metal Gear ports, which I'm like, I'm glad Metal Gear is back, but what's happening here? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing with this HD collection? Uh, and then uh, this isn't great. Uh, the Blooper Team Silent Hill is uh, is is troublesome, and I'm uh, I don't know what's happening with Metal Gear. Um, like Metal the Metal Gear Solid Three remake. I don't know why we're doing that, but whatever. Uh, interestingly enough, that whole situation we talked about before about how. When a big franchise loses its main creative and then that creative goes and makes a spiritual successor and never gets the uh, never gets to that level of the first thing. Mm-hmm. Could Kojima break that cycle with his new espionage oh, action? Wow. Thing? I Would cannot that imagine bigger a world than Metal Gear? that being bigger than Metal Gear, right? <laughs> but it's Kojima, right? He's it a man is who defies convention. It is I Kojima. mean, but Metal Gear, like Metal Gear 5, like didn't wasn't like the pinnacle of his career either. I mean, uh, you're like, it's, it, it is the best like Metal Gear game, in my opinion. Like, it is, is the best old version of, of Metal like Gear. the way solid. you say yeah. game. Hey, Casey, Casey's just stabbing you today, Marty. <laughs> I still, I don't know what we're doing here. What do you mean? It's the, it's the best 
it's the best gameplay loop for a Metal Gear Solid game. Is what I'm saying. Okay. That's fine. Right. That's a nice like it, like it, like my personal favorite Metal Gear Solid experience is two. Like I like the story yeah. in that more okay. than everything else. But right. but five is like that is that is the game ass game. That's Sorry, what I'm getting I was, at. I was bringing some of the friction from two days. <laughs> over to this. It wasn't fair. Was it fair to you? Was it fair to Kojima? I apologize to everyone. Um, Orange Kitty uh, with a two Canadian dollar dono. Thank you so much, Orange Kitty. You can watch this podcast in 90 minutes. See, you can play uh, a short message. You can also watch, just watch Yahtzee and finish it in 90 minutes. That was nice. Um, what did he think of it? Just curious. You didn't like it. <laughs> you didn't like it. He didn't like tear it apart, but I think he was in a similar boat of me of like, literally, why does this exist? Mm. Like, not in like a mean way, but like, what is the, why is, why did they make this? Why is it free? The funny fun fact I learned though, its director used to work at Nintendo and was the director of We Play. If you guys remember We Play, it's like one of the best selling games of all time because it came bundled with a Wiimote. It was like a mini game collection that was the same game, same price as like a normal game, right? It came bundled with an extra remote, and so a bunch of people just bought that because because um, they needed the remote extra controller. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like, well, you get a game with it for free, I guess. Was this was this game like his call for help? I don't know. Like maybe this is them. Like he's kind of like almost in charge. He's like overseeing uh, this this whole Silent Hill thing. Which let me hmm. tell you, that doesn't sound great. Yeah, <laughs> a little worried about that. Um, the uh, the other the other thing I've still been uh, making my way through is uh, Persona Three Reload, which big news, guys. Speaking of sentences that don't make any sense, I just got a press release. Atlas is proud to announce that Persona Three Reload is the best-selling, fastest-Atlas game in history. Best-selling, fastest-Atlas. It's the fast. It's the fastest game to hit a million copies. Uh, it mm. Sold a million copies in seven days. Uh, so, congrats, Persona Three. Uh, I keep playing through Persona Three, and it keeps showing me new things. It is insane that they are introducing new changes, new like drastic changes to the mechanics. Thirty hours into that game. I keep being like, all right, um, this is this is it. My video, my script is done. My video's done. And I'm like, you, there's just more mechanics. <laughs> like you keep introducing more mechanics. Like, and it's like, like game changing feeling mechanics. Um, and this is I, different I, than the original. Like all this extra mechanical. Yeah, movement. it's just new, and it's like things that are that weren't even in um, four and five. So it's like there's it, thirty hours into the game, it introduces a way for you to power level characters who are uh, members of your party who are under leveled. And um, what I think that does in a really interesting way is, so it's not like shared XP. It's only the four characters who are in battle who get XP. So if your character's on the bench, they do not get any XP. And so like a lot of games that kind of encourages you to find your four and never use the other characters, right? Mm -hmm. You stick with what you're comfortable with. This has a way of in dungeons, power leveling those characters on your bench and getting them up to where your main character is, which makes me want to continually rotate my characters, which is in then making me more invested in those characters personally in the outside of the battle stuff, which is making me want to engage in the social sim stuff more. So it's like a really, a real, a really smart way of making me like engage with more of the game systems, which, um, nice. Guys, Persona's great too. Final Fantasy and Persona and Stray, all three of them are great. <laughs> Stray is not on One the same of these level. Do us. not belong. <laughs> do not belong. Um, but yeah, that's how that's how I feel. That's been most most of my stuff. Nick, what do you got going on? Uh, well, I wrapped up uh, Infinite Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth oh, yeah, um, two nights right. ago. Man, what what's your play time at the end of the day for that? Uh, I finished it in like thirty five hours. 
Oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I I never really do more of the side quest stuff and all that in those <laughs> games. So I know I know there's all kinds of fun mini games and all that, but I'm mostly there for the story. Um, and I would have finished it faster too, but every Yakuza game or like a Dragon game, as soon as you get near the end, they're like, "Haha, you need to grind for five or six levels." Even yeah, though you've been keeping pace for the whole game, and I hate yeah, them. What was it in Like a Dragon when you went to like Osaka? And like, then you gotta like raise up what a hundred million yen or something. Yeah, and then you get there and you're like, these dudes are way stronger than me. Like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, was not thrilled about that about having to go grind because like literally up until that point, I was at the right level the entire game, like either one level below or two levels above, and then suddenly it's like, oh, you need to be level forty one for this. Like, what? what no and then you gotta go do the dungeons and they're very boring dungeons like there's two these these two challenge dungeons in the game and they are the same boring gray ass walls down a hallway into a fighting room over and over and over again for 10 10 yeah 10 floors for each dungeon and there's three dungeons and it is boring as fuck but I love the rest of the game. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> story wrapped up nicely. I do find it funny that like somehow they continually add new characters that like expand the family line kind of thing for all this stuff. And it's <laughs> everybody's got somebody else. Um, just, they, like like, the Tekken, just like the Tekken fans. Yeah. Was it the Mishimas? Is that what the name is? Yeah. yeah. The, just a bunch of Mishimas and Kazamas. So, but, um, it, you know, like the, I don't. I think the combat system in Like a Dragon and Infinite Wealth is just best in class for JRPG. Like, I just, it's just fun. It's constantly yeah. fun. It was really um, fun, really energetic. Yeah, it looks wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's wild, and, like, you're constantly unlocking new upgrades and moves and power moves, and, you know, getting the gear and crafting the gear is pretty fun because you can, you know, mix-match, like, um, uh, different attributes to your stuff, like electricity or poison or whatever, so... Um, and it's also just it's just wacky as shit. <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah. It's just it's just constantly like, what is this character going to turn into? And it goes into uh, Ichiban's head. And, and then it's a dude in a blow up spike ball that deflates when he hits you. And then he has to blow it back up. <laughs> it's just goofy. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it actually made me want to go back and play uh, the man who erases name just to get some of that real time combat back. But um yeah, I don't know if I I don't know if I enjoyed it as much as Like a Dragon. I like the dramatics of Like a Dragon more than Infinite Wealth. Like it, I was more hooked into the story of Like a Dragon than I was. Um, but overall, yeah, you know, I still highly highly recommend if you like JRPG combat. Uh, like even more so than Persona, like this makes me feel like I should give it a shot. Yeah. Well, first of all, there's not 10 hours of talking in between battles. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> you are constantly in gameplay in Yakuza. That's the good. Like, there's there are some long cutscenes, but I mean, they're not anywhere near. Yeah, you don't spend 20 hours talking to people between <laughs> between dungeons. <laughs> so, but I will say, like, I the dungeon part of Yakuza is becoming its weakest part. And, and that's kind of annoying to me. Where like I like where Persona, you know, you go into a dungeon, it's like this extravagant thing that you're in. I wish they would do that for like a dragon with Ichiban because you're already imagining the characters being weird. Why are the dungeons boring? You know, I just have it be like Yakuza a buildings. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
So just yeah, like, or like shitty all in. or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, go all in on the fantasy of it and then just have fun with it. Yeah. So um, I feel like they need a they kind of need to pick a lane. I feel like this Infinite Wealth kind of lost some of its focus, which I think Yahtzee kind of said too, where you have Ichiban's story, but also Kira's story, and uh, like there's a bit of a mismatch in tone, I think, across the game. But yeah, overall, highly, highly, highly recommend. Uh, but yeah, I haven't really. I went back to play another hour of Suicide Squad for my video that I'm working on, and it's just oh my god, like I just can't, I just can't do it. It just reminds me so much of Anthem, and it's like Aww. a game. It's a game that I like I really love the movement system of Anthem. I really like the aesthetic of Anthem. The gameplay bores me to death, and I, you know, there's people in my feed are like, oh, I really like Suicide Squad. I'm like, I'm great, great, like you. Probably haven't had to try, you know, every single one of these service games that literally could not tell you the difference between aside from characters, Suicide Squad and Anthem and all that. Um, But the biggest thing, like the biggest mark I can give Suicide Squad against it is that world is so goddamn boring. Every single fight you do is on a rooftop. There is nothing to do on the ground of the game. And there's all the detail on the ground. There's uh, every single oh. fight you do is on a bland rooftop. And I'm like, well, how did you do like, how did you design the game this way? <laughs> like, I, I don't know where they went wrong with that, but like, there is no, there's no uniqueness to the environments. There's no like visual flair to it. It's just a blob of stuff. And it's, it's, yeah, like, you know, even if you turn off the numbers, it doesn't get any more interesting. <laughs> so, like, you know, I, when I'm, I've been working on my video and I went back and, like, looked at, like, the upcoming uh, Joker expansion, which seems like there's more unique visual flair to the environment you're in. I'm like, where is this? Why do we always have to wait for this extra stuff in season pass? Like, why is the game not have this stuff? And also, like, why are we still... I'm good. I, I just don't know why we keep designing these open worlds that are so much time and money and you don't utilize any of the space in it. It's just a complete waste. And that's why you go back to Elden Ring and like you, they used every inch of that world for something. Yeah, my uh, my thought with some of this uh, post-release DLC stuff is that this is the stuff they were working on for the past nine Getting months. it ready, yeah. It, had, it has so, to be. It has to be. Yeah. They, and they just had to. They were like, you can actually make this stuff feel different than the core yeah. gameplay loop. Like, you can make this feel more like these, like, pocket, like, uh, you know, guided narrative things than uh, the, the sprawling mass of the open world, which you can't really change. That's the um, that's the only this game is going to go the way of Anthem. That's the only way this game is going to. I mean, uh, Avengers. That's the only way this game is going to survive. And I, yeah, you, we. I think we were asking earlier, like, what were they doing for those nine months? I think you're absolutely right. I think they took those nine months to basically get these first few expansions ready, so that they can have because the first one's in March. Joker's in March. That's one yeah, month after yeah. launch. So mm-hmm. that's you know when people. Uh, I forget what stream I was on, but or maybe it's Windbreakers on Monday. But we were talking about like. Is there a chance Suicide Squad comes back? Maybe if this stuff is good and unique enough, but I don't know. Like, but yeah, I just the game makes me mad. It just makes me mad that like you took a studio like Rocksteady, and this is what you pooped out. <laughs> like, I still want to give it a try. It's if if you like if you like the loot grind and just dicking around with your friends and using the movement mechanics and shooting stuff like it's fine 
Yeah, that, that is, that's the thing. It's the movement that has me intrigued. Like, I, I, I love, yeah. like, good traversal mechanics and all of the characters, in particular Captain Boomerang, who has, like, a really cool-looking teleport mechanic. Like, I just want to get my hands on that. Like, I want to see how that feels. And that could be all it takes for me to get into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, these games have their audience, but I just, for me, it's like, there's clearly, this. they put a lot of work into the cinematics and the story and the characters, and it's just, like, what a what a waste! What a waste to make it a, a loot looter shooter thing when you could have made something really unique and and interesting with this thing. Yeah, that's oh, and it's it's just it's just frustrating because <laughs> like it's clearly not selling well on Steam. I mean, it, it peaked it peaked at thirteen thousand players. That's it, and it's gone down. It's it's already dropped down to half of that. And Coming people were, people were. Um, showing some of the numbers on like xbox i think it's like number five or something on xbox and it was like number or no sorry it's like number three on playstation and number 22 on xbox and so even even those numbers don't look good <laughs> so i uh yeah they either have to get expansions out quick which seems like they are uh or yeah this game's gonna get delisted in a year and Damon Gonick says, this is about Xbox at all. Clickbait. We talked about Xbox earlier. You're in a two hour long podcast, buddy. You guys, that thing where you got to like tens of thousands <laughs> of people are listening and watching. I this know and you got to focus on them and not just I am. what is happening. That is nuts. <laughs> it is crazy. I was already mad about Suicide Squad and he picked the right time to say it. It is crazy every time you do this. <laughs> yeah. And then I derail it more, but like it is yeah, bananas. More. Just let me have it. It is bananas <laughs> that you do that, Nick. Like, it is wild. Nah. One day. That would be like them stopping a football game because the guy in I the would do highest that. seat in would the fucking that. stadium was I'd like, call him out. I think you suck. <laughs> like, who the fuck cares? I would do that. Like, I don't, Damon, I have nothing against you. Who cares what Damon <laughs> thinks? Like, like, genuinely, who cares? How did we? People are listening to this. People are like on their way to work in their cars. People are working out. They're walking their dogs. They're with their kids. And they're like, "Why the fuck?" I thought these guys were talking about games. Why are they talking about Damon? Who's Damon? Damon. Not Damien. Damien, you're fine. (laughs) Fine, Damien. He's famous now. I made him famous. The bad thing. I I doubt that. Ten dollar dono. Thank you so much. After hearing uh, the talk about Castlevania and Symphony Night, you guys, I played it. I now see where the basis for Dark Souls came from. Great game, and the Medusa heads can go fuck themselves. I completely <laughs> feel like uh, that the last faith. The last faith. Yeah. Like, what is that? Wow, you don't even listen to me when I talk on these podcasts. <laughs> I must have forgot because I don't. <laughs> it was the last I, game I completed of last year. It was the 2D uh, Souls like Metroidvania. Uh, I was going to say though, uh, the inspiration for Dark Souls came from Berserk Astromate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think we can legally call that inspiration because that's like exactly what are you got what are you doing here? You just take everything. Uh but no, in terms of I think the 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 um souls like loop design, I think is uh yeah, you could you could feel the Metroidvania influence there. Yeah, sure. That's a great game. Yeah, that's a good yeah, it's a it's a it's a good idea. Like check out the uh, check out the um there's a collection of the Game Boy Advance games also available. Um they're all very good as well. Um, quintuple thank you so much for the five dollar dono uh nick you can't say you beat it without getting a five star island that's not that's true you didn't legally beat like a dragon unless you got five a five star dondoko never 
<laughs> you probably got a one star and abandoned your Dundoko, didn't you? Uh, yes, that's exactly I what well. I did. I did as well. I got one as star. Soon as, as soon as the bad guys showed up, I said, you guys can have it. I'm leaving. See ya. <laughs> and I'm taking my dolphin. I'm going back to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, even here, uh, uh, Ichiban is like, get to ride a fucking dolphin. Dope. <laughs> yeah, he's having a good time. He's having a wonderful time. Uh, Orange Kitty with a 50 Canadian dollar dono. Thank you so much. 50. Casey and Marty play the Yakuza series. Oh, that's Jeez. a lot to ask. That's a lot to ask. Yeah, we don't know. We haven't we haven't made plans for what happened. We still got quite a bit of double karate. It like. would take you a uh, goddamn two years to do all these games. Someone did mention that, yeah, Jesse, uh, Jess and I did play um, the man who erased his name for uh, one of our early unnamed hidden oh, gem yeah, streams. That's right. yeah. But we we were we were definitely playing it wrong. We were skipping through all the context and cutscenes. And we got to know side quest stuff. I mean, we were on a live stream. It, like we would have to sit and listen to so much dialogue. Like, if, oh yeah, Yakuza's bad to live stream. Don't. Yeah. So don't like, yeah. I want to. I, I want to try it again, and it definitely will not be on a live stream. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we, we Marty and I were talking the other day. Uh, we think the next game you should play is uh, Near Automata. Oh yeah, I'd be yeah, way into that. Couple of years, couple of years. You're gonna have to play because you're gonna have to play it like six different. Yeah, you gotta play it over and over, right? So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna sit there and laugh and laugh at you. Why? That's how it's supposed to be played out here. Oh yeah, because I didn't do it. (laughs) Nick wrote credits once. It was like you. Exactly. I (laughs) I got so nervous when you said Marty. I've been talking about what we should play, and I was like, I don't remember this conversation at all, and I don't know what we agreed to. And then you said near. I was like, Oh yeah, I did say we should do that. That was good. Um, I could say anything, and you would have been like, Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, I have a very bad. Marty memory. wants to, Marty wants you to play all the Halo games with him again. With me again? We did it the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When did that? Okay. Now I'm forgetting shit because I don't remember that either. Yeah. Just a couple of olds not remembering. Yeah. You totally. Job. You convinced him to drive in, drive a tank into a hole, and then he wanted to not play again. I don't know. That doesn't sound like me. I feel like that was you. Like I feel like that was you, I feel like that wasn't us. Uh, John Lee, thank you so much for the dono. Nick is into self harm. Marty, I told you we should have called the suicide hotline, but no, John Lee, you gotta stop making jokes about suicide hotline. I got it. You just gotta, it's a very important hotline. I've used it in the past. You just gotta, you gotta stop making jokes about it. Uh, and then Nicholas, vote with a five membership gift over to David, over to Shredword, over to AK10, to Adam, and to Francis York Morgan, the hero of deadly premonition. Uh, who didn't get one though? Who didn't get one? Yeah. Who? Damon. (laughs) (laughs) See, I set that up for later. Fuck you. (laughs) Literally, the worst part is you said for Damon, and my first thought was who? (laughs) 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 Who was that? (laughs) Speaking of just erasing things from my memory, I don't remember who that is. Um, Wow. So mad at me for that. I didn't even remember who it was. Do we have, any, do we have anything else? Or should, do we have anything else? Or do you want to wrap up? On, right on the two hour mark. A nice, healthy, baby boy two hour show. Um, Casey, what do you have going on? Where should folks check you out? Uh, as usual, you guys can find me uh, at Sigma Gears 9 all over the social medias. Uh, I mentioned uh, my wedding streams uh, titled Our Big Fat geek wedding every friday at 7 p.m eastern standard on my personal twitch channel a uh, new episode of the sigma show my weekly podcast every sunday as well well uh, we were talking about a lot of tech and stuff this past uh sunday so you can check that out over on the twitch channel as well as well as the podcast listening services just search for the sigma show um 
Most recent uh, bite size is on uh, is a preview for Tales of Kenzera Zawu. Check that out. Uh, it's a pretty cool video. Uh, kind of it was kind of like half interview, half preview of the 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 demo, which is uh, available now. Which you can check out. So take a look at that. Um, new Adventures Nigh is coming this Saturday. Like new, new, like the yeah. first new episode since we uh, returned from the ashes. And have restarted production after requiring uh, reacquiring the uh, IP. So I'm super excited for this. Uh, they've been like we have like our own like Adventures Night crew um, like video team chat, and like they've been sharing like just little tiny snippets of like some of the the animation for certain scenes that are in there, and that shit is dope, y'all. <laughs> like it is so cool. Like just these little tiny tidbits are like so dope. I cannot wait for you guys to see the whole episode. Ugh, if you don't watch, if you don't watch Adventures, no, you are missing out. It's you are, not a you are absolutely it's missing a full out. Full on show, and you are missing out. It should You're be on Netflix. Out. That's how good it is. But you know what? With you guys' help, it will be on Netflix. Yeah, with a comment section below. <laughs> with a comment section and everything. Yep. <laughs> oh shit! A comment section. Actually, be a pretty wholesome comment section. <laughs> uh, yeah, community, the Netflix community. Like, what the fuck is this? No, they'll lo- they'll <laughs> love it. It'll be their new Stranger Things. um outside of that uh all the regular streams that we're doing should be back um marty and i should be back for more devil may cry 3 uh tomorrow i forgot what day it was um and i should be around for game night this saturday so pretty much it for me nick uh i am working on the next episode of my video series which i'm close to wrapping up be on life service stuff kind of following up on our suicide squad discussion so you'll have a new video from me soon again quite happy with the response to my first one uh so thank you for that uh and then uh yeah uh we'll be back for uh shoot the shit tomorrow with jmate frost and i uh playing hunt showdown because frost spent the entire time downloading the game last week so he didn't get to play at all so we'll make sure he actually gets to play tomorrow <laughs> so uh we'll we'll see we'll see what shenanigans we get up to in that and then uh sounds like uh saturday for game night uh we're figuring out what it's going to be but it will be either between uh hell divers to hell divers to uh phantom abyss or possibly uh uh skull and bones because it's going in open beta tomorrow so oh, see. that is true yeah i kind of don't want to play skull and bones though <laughs> yeah I don't want to get caught lacking in the middle of a skull and bone story. Oh, no. Yeah, we're going to clip that shit and send it over to Ubisoft. (laughs) This game's mid. I heard you. (laughs) Sounds like something Casey would say. He would describe a game. (laughs) SpongeBob fan, Casey Wosky. Sophia, welcome to Tip Jar. Thank you so much. Uh, And thank you, uh, everyone, for watching. Yeah, same things. Uh, Check out Casey's putting together uh, a bunch of us uh, made a roundup of uh, Next Fest games that we've enjoyed. And Casey's going to be editing that video together. Um, That'll be in the coming days. Maybe it'll be before the end of Next Fest. Maybe it won't be. Um, It's it's a chunkster, let me say. It's like a, it's a, it's, yeah, it's a beefster. But, um, yeah, bunch of cool games to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, and then all the all the normal stuff. Check out the streams. Check out the um, check out check out the videos, and just uh, just be good to each other. Uh, so for uh, Nick, for Casey, for Eric, and most importantly for Damon, uh, this was Marty. This was Firelink episode number nine. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your evening, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Show up on time next time, Damon. Bye. <laughs> we love you, Damon. We love you. <laughs>